We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, February the 1st, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Today is going to be a very, very fun day, one way or another. And again, appreciate you all tuning in. Excited to take it all in with you all here on this Wednesday, February the 1st. Of course, it's National Signing Day. It is Nicholas Harbor Decision Day as we will tune in at 1 o'clock um, and see where Nicholas Harbor will be playing his college football, running track, doing all that great stuff. Of course, the rumors are swirling this morning Many folks have already hit the panic button, which has kind of been fun to watch. But uh, either way, really excited today to chat with you all. We're taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. We also got my good friend Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. He will join the show today at 1215. So excited to hear what he's got to say. Uh, we'll talk recruiting, of course, South kind of basketball and uh, we'll touch on some other things as well. Guys, the plan for the show today, by the way, the plan for the show did not want to risk it with YouTube and getting the video and the stream ripped down. Um, I did not want to risk it. So I will be watching it on my end, and you guys will be getting my live reaction on the show. I will not have it streamed behind me on the TV, unfortunately. So again, I... I apologize for that, but it's just how it works when it comes to copyright and stuff like that. The last thing we want, um, the last thing we want is the video ripped down in the middle of it. I did not want to take the risk. And also, I just didn't think you guys wanted to watch the back of my head while I was watching the announcement. So I will have it pulled up on my screen. I'm sure you all will have it pulled up as well on ESPN2. And uh, we'll take all that in at 1 o'clock. Here today as we await Nicholas Harbor's decision. Of course, as always, guys, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, they got everything from college sports, pro sports, anything and everything in between. Uh, that's our friends at Prize Picks. So many fans and listeners of the Daily Crow and of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks. Again, Go download the app, go to pricepicks.com, use that promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. <clears throat> and I'm already seeing Billy Thompson as the number one Gamecock insider. I guarantee it, you're a slap dick. Billy, if you're upset over that clip yesterday, and I'm sure you're just someone that saw it on social media, 
and now you're tuned in. My sir, you, I mean you, are the slap dick, my guy. You are the slap dick because what yesterday was, you know what? I knew exactly the reaction that would occur on social media. If you actually tuned into the show yesterday, you knew it was sarcasm. So, Billy, Billy, the non-reader Thompson, congratulations. You played yourself. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Hunter. Hunter, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Uh, I'm in the middle, so I'm good and nervous at the same time. Like, uh, the way these percentages are going right now, like, I, I looked earlier and it was at, like, I think they're above, like, 5% above us or something like that. And now when I look and they're, like, 60%, uh, so they're probably, like, what, 40, 40% higher than us now. So, I don't, I, how do they predict this kind of stuff? They just go off of what they're hearing and uh, go from there, man. I mean, I think that's how it works. So when when guys put in crystal balls, they do percentages. <clears throat> Again, they go off of what they're hearing from each camp. You know, everybody's got a a source, if you will, um, the whole insider game. So, yeah, that's that's how cool. they that's how they do it, man. It, it's it's just the same as if you told me something about what you got going on, and I was giving percentages of that. You know what I mean? It's it's he said, she said type of stuff. So. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, this is definitely uh, one of those nerve moments. I guess you could say this like an hour away. And yeah, yep. I mean, it's, uh, it's either going to be jubilation or, or Gamecock Twitter is going to show its ass like it normally does. So can't wait either way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you, do you have any hopes at all for him coming to us or? Yes, I do have hopes. Yes. I mean, I, I think it's been. It sounds like Oregon has uh, put on a full-court press for the guy, and um, I've still got yeah. hopes. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's like a no-brainer he's going to Oregon. I know there's been a lot of momentum this morning that he will, but, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Oregon Oregon has picked up a lot of momentum. It sounded like good things for South Carolina all week, but, again, Oregon's pushing, and, uh, you know, I talked with some folks this morning, and I think the thing that's troublesome is that, you know, when Oregon – normally when Oregon wants a big-time track star, uh, they get him. They get them. So, you know, I think track is really important to him. And uh, so right. I think that's influencing a lot of the decision. And, um, you know, I mean, if he – listen, if he does, man, it is what it is. The 2023 class is still a success either way. Uh, we're playing with house money when it comes to the Harbor decision. But obviously it would be big to get him. Let's not pretend like it wouldn't. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Nobody really knows. I don't even know if Harbor knows at this point. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, Shane Beamer just needs to since he got a raise, he just needs to put a bigger check right there in front of him. Be like, here you go, and let him commit to us. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be interesting. So, either way, today's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, man. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the call, Hunter. Great stuff. Great stuff as always from our guy Hunter. And again, I see Billy Thompson comment. Billy, who are you mad at today? Who are you mad at? Billy is very upset. Pray for Billy today. Pray for Billy. Would be funny if people with Billy's energy, if we still end up getting Nicholas Harbor, then then who are you going to be mad at? So, again, Billy, the the joke is on, and it was so funny because I I knew yesterday, right? If if you actually tuned into the Daily Crow yesterday, I, I went on a three or four minute uh, rant or had a three or four minute conversation about why South Carolina is in good position to get Nicholas Harbor and. Um, you know, the relationships and the great job that Shane Beamer's doing and and all that with South Carolina football. And, uh, you know, I thought about it. I was like, you know, I could clip this and post this and say, here's why I'm hopeful and optimistic. But 
exactly as I did with Gigi Jackson. When I said almost exactly, hey, I'm the number one Gamecock insider. He's going to be a Gamecock. And then sure enough, he picked South Carolina. That video was, again, a sarcastic type video. I, I don't proclaim myself to be the number one Gamecock insider. But I knew yesterday, I was like, you know what? I was like, you know what? This, this will be much more fun. And watching those on social media that don't understand sarcasm. And also what it proves, too, is people don't want to actually know. Like a person like Billy. Billy Slapdick Thompson over here. Uh, who I, you know, anyways. Uh, people don't actually want to know what's being said. They just want to be outraged. So why not? Just give it to them. Give them the 30-second clip and and have fun with it. And, you know, let people let people eat themselves alive on social media. Yes, Billy. I think it's a blast. The video's got like 15,000 views. So, um, and I've even got a clip today for if it does not go our way, it's going to be like the 15 seconds following that clip that I posted, which literally I said, no, you know, listen, I'm optimistic. He might go to Oregon. I don't know a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, but, but people would rather make an ass of themselves and make themselves feel better on Twitter, on social media. It, it's hilarious. And I, I just love exposing people. You know, social media doesn't change people. It just makes people more of who they actually are. So, Billy, congratulations, my friend. There's nobody has who has more egg on their face today than you do. I mean, truly. Truly, my guy. Truly. So, anyways. Um, 843-790-3377. Again, we've got Mark Ryan upcoming. We've got Mark Ryan upcoming. At 12.15. Ah, Billy pipe down, slap dick. Um, Billy, the the insider Thompson, whoever this guy is. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyways, though. Anyways, sounds like Oregon maybe has made a financial push for Nicholas Harbor. Hard to beat, uh, hard to beat that Phil Knight money. So we'll, we'll just see. I mean, nobody knows. Nobody knows. People freaking out. But either way, it's going to be fun, right? It's, it's either going to be immense jubilation, right? Or he's going to pick Oregon, and I'm probably going to post and ghost and stay off social media because the Carolina slap bit community, I mean, the depths of Gamecock Twitter and Gamecock social media will have a motherfucking field day today. So, which is fine. It feels good to be the trending topic of conversation. Why, why move the needle when you can be the needle, right? Uh, anyways, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, over the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, be sure your questions are answered there. Um, let's see. Yeah, definitely sounding like it's coming down to money, which is unfortunate, but welcome to college football and recruiting in the 2023 uh, calendar year. Here we are. So, and Bruin Nation, I know it's already it started yesterday, my guy. That's and Bruin Nation, though, I knew what I was doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I knew what I was doing. And isn't it funny, Bruin Nation, like to be in on the joke, right? To see people freaking out and to know, because again, you you tune in, right? You tune in. Um, you tune in. So you you knew what I was saying. You knew the context of the conversation. It's funny to watch those freak out that don't. Uh, guys, we're sliding Mark Ryan back to 1225. So we'd love to hear from you. The phone lines are wide open. Your overall thoughts. Do you have a prediction? How are you feeling? Um, and your overall thoughts are just the impact it will have on the 2023 class if Harvard does not 
commits. Obviously, that's the topic of conversation today. Um, we had a voicemail here. Somebody called in. Somebody said, even if we don't get Nick Harbour, it's still Beamer Ball to the moon. We got new weapons coming in. We're going to be straight. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you the same way. I, again, I think you're playing with a bit of house money, if you will. So, I think we're in a good position. And, uh, yeah, so. Family prefers he stays on the East Coast. <clears throat> Justin says, if Harbor commits to USC on ESPN, our 2024 class is going to be a lot better. I, I think the 24 class is going to be good either way. I, I really do. Uh, Lynn Turner says, as you predicted live, you stirred the pot on Gamecock Twitter. Lynn, I am a professional pot stirrer. Indeed. Again, though, what, what that clip was, Lynn, is, is it's just, you know, it's, it's fun to almost expose people it is it's like on twitter specifically too which is such a joke of an app anyways i mean i love it but a lot of what happens is just complete shenanigans slap dickery if you will it's just fun to, to watch people again eat themselves so anyways let's jump to the phone line lewis lewis what's up man fire away how are you i'm doing good man it's uh it's a big day here. I'm looking forward to this 1 p.m. announcement here from Nick Harbor. You know, I'm just going to – I'm going to throw this perspective out there. Let's just think about it from a business negotiation standpoint. Man, it, it makes sense for the Nick Harbor team to keep this tight to the vest mm-hmm. and play it down to the final minute for multiple reasons. For one, you know, the leading school may be outbidding themselves, right? He may have already made a decision, but at the end of the day, you can't blame the guy for trying to pick up some additional coin here at the last minute. I'm optimistic. I think he goes Gamecock. Somebody said that his girlfriend's already on the track team. I think that's some additional motivation, if that is true. But uh, that's my that's my that's my prediction. He comes home. I love it. I love that, man. We we need we need some optimistic voices here today. So. Good deal, man. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Lewis, appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Great stuff from Lewis. And, yeah, we need more of that today. We need more of that today. We do. We do. We need more of that today. Um, you know, I, well, yeah, I guess his girlfriend's on the track team at USC. How much does he like his girlfriend? Heck, I don't know. <laughs> does, that, does that factor in? Heck, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so... I mean, listen, and I'll say this back to what I was saying, man. Like, you guys know, I'm I'm not a shock jock. I don't make content to to just solely stir the pot and to have crazy outlandish takes to where, you know, what's going to get the most views, what's going to get the most clicks. I really just try to stay true to myself. But, you know, I, I see a lot of people on social media that complain about the way the way media is today and, oh, my God, these Skip Baylesses and these Shannon Sharps of the world and this and that. I got to be honest with you guys. The end consumer is is needs to shoulder a lot of the blame for the way that media is now. Because if that type of media, if that didn't play, right? If if the end consumer wasn't so enthralled with that, that type of media wouldn't exist. But the bottom line is it does. It does. So instead of me posting a clip <clears throat> from the Daily Crow yesterday about Here's the reasons I'm optimistic about Shane Beamer and this great job he's doing and, and, and promoting how great Beamer is and, and all this. Instead of posting that clip that would have done all right, 
I post a clip like I did yesterday. It's got like 18,000 views today. I, I mean, it just, and it's, and it's a views game, guys. It's a numbers game. You can say whatever you want. You can bitch and moan and scream. You can be Billy Slapdick, whoever, the, whoever he is. It, it's just the reality of it, man. It is. It is. So the end consumer does need to shoulder some blame. Like they, they do flat out. You know, the, 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 like the people, the slap dicks that say that I'm, I'm like negative about Shane Beamer all the time or negative about this. No, it's just that you don't give the same love to the positive content as you do the negative content. And that goes not just for me, but like any content creator out there. If positive news, if positive news was embraced the same way negative news is, you wouldn't see as much negative news. But it's not. That's why the news is all doom and gloom. That's why the news is negative. Because that's what people want to hear. People like talking about things they love, but they love talking about things they hate. They like talking about things they like, but they love talking about things they dislike or that create a stir. It's just the nature of the beast. It's the reality. And again, I think the end consumer needs to shoulder a lot of the blame. So, and Big Wash, I, I, I hear you on some media stuff. I, I mean, there's certainly no agenda I'm trying to push. But, uh, again, it's just that that clip I posted yesterday, it's, it's, it's funny because <clears throat> the, the rational folks and those who actually tune into the content, like, they know that's, that I was kidding, right? Like, <clears throat> you know, they know that. <clears throat> me saying I'm the number one Gamecock insider on the internet, like they knew that wasn't serious. And then you got a bunch of people that they really think I was dead ass serious. Like I am really self-proclaiming myself the number one Gamecock insider. Like, like that's how I, you know, that's, that's my, that's my business model being the number one insider on the internet. Like, come on, man. Like I, I just, <sighs> It's hilarious. It's it's hilarious to watch them pe watch people expose themselves as fools. I mean, it really just it just really is. It really is in my mind. So, anyways, though, that's that's sort of beside the point today. Uh, appreciate you all. Thank y'all so much. It, it's going to be a fun day, no matter what. Uh, the money that Oregon is ponying up sounds like it could be the difference. We, we will see. I mean, we will see. I I, I just I, I don't know, guys. I mean, listen, listen. If we if we get him, it's great. Right. If we get him, it's great. And if we don't, it's okay. It is what it is. You know, at least he's not going to a to a Georgia, to a Clem Sucks, to another SEC team. You know, I I I don't think this this class is much bigger than just one player. I do. I believe that. I think this class, I mean, would anybody disagree? Would anybody disagree? Uh, Michael, I, I will not have ESPN2 aired on this feed, unfortunately, uh, just because of copyright issues. They will rip down that video in a heartbeat. So I'm going to have the commitment ceremony pulled up on my end, and uh, you guys will see my live reaction. But again, unfortunately, I, will, I cannot stream it live. I know that sucks. I understand why that sucks. But, uh, you know, that's just the reality of the situation. So I do apologize for, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to have, like, going to be able to do that. So let's see. Mm -mm -mm. 
Frank says, FYI, our basketball team is horrible. Yeah, last night. God. I mean, dude, I, I knew we'd be bad. Frank, I knew we'd be bad. I think this is even a little worse than I thought, though. I I, I, I do. Like, I I don't know. I, I thought that maybe Gigi Jackson could just carry us. Um, I don't know. I guess I was wrong. Craig says, come on, Chris. You know we're all here to talk men's basketball. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, today, Brack, you know what's funny? Either way, either way, it's all we got is all we need. But certainly, if we don't get him, it'll be all we got is all we need. It's, it's going to be one of two posts coming from yours truly. Either breaking news, we got Nick Harbour, or all we got is all we need. Like, that's a given. <laughs> that's just a given. Oh, my God. It's a given. Brack says, I'm really surprised we've won what we had, to be honest. Yeah, I, I am, too. How did we beat Kentucky? How did we beat Kentucky? How did we beat Clem Sucks as good as they are this season? How did we beat them? Like, genuinely, I don't understand how we beat them. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Anyways, guys, definitely be sure... You tune into ESPN2 at 1 o'clock. Keep us up, though. Keep us up here. I'm going to be watching along with you. You'll get my live reaction to what is going on, what Nicholas Harbor decides. Uh, D1 Baseball, by the way, yesterday dropped South Carolina breakout players to watch. They've got Gavin Cassis, Caleb Denny, Jack Mahoney, Eli Jerzenbeck, and Jacob <coughs> Compton. All guys that I think for sure are going to be big-time impact guys for us. Definitely. Uh, Trey McLam, what are the expectations of the baseball team? Well, Trey, the expectation every year in Columbia is to go to Omaha. But realistic expectations. No, realistic expectations. Uh, I think it's super regionals or bust for Mark Kingston this year. And, and I'll talk a lot more about that as we get closer to opening day. But I do think it's super regionals or bust for Kingston. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Awesome. John Edward. John Edward, what's up, man? How are you? No, I just had a quick follow on something you just said, Chris. Um, it's like you said, how do we beat Kentucky and Clemson in basketball? This may sound wrong to say, but maybe it was – maybe we beat Kentucky-Clemson because maybe it was more of Kentucky and Clemson playing bad. Is that wrong to say, or maybe that's, maybe that's part of it? I mean, I think that definitely would be part of it. <clears throat> I think that's definitely part of it because had those two teams played their best, I don't see any way we would have won. So, yeah, I think they had to give us some help no, for sure. Yeah. We had to play no, our no, A game, and those guys had to play their C or D game for us to for us to do that. So, Yeah, yeah I was just like, I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe we did play good in those games, but let me say this about the – there's two sequences, one each game that maybe, you know, you're a play away from losing each game. Against Clemson, if Chico called it, doesn't make that, uh, essentially, but it was supposed to be, but it was like, you know, like, what, what a chance or whatever it was left in the game. So essentially, it was supposed to be that. If he doesn't make that, you might not beat Clemson. And then if Kentucky makes that three, which I think would have tied the game, I'm not 100% remembering, but if, if Kentucky makes the three, they tie the game in regulation over time, and, you know, who knows what happens, but, you probably two plays at one play away each of those teams for not beating either Kentucky or Clemson. Hmm. Yeah. No, I was just out. Yeah, no, for but, sure. For sure. No, yeah. No, it's Makes just sense. like every 
I know I didn't got walk coming out here in a minute, but um, every time I, I was actually at a high school basketball game last night, I was not really keeping up with the game and glad I didn't. But every time I like I checked I checked the game at the and I was able to the game against Mississippi State last night, mm-hmm. and I saw we lost by what fifteen. Yes, we uh, lost by last 15, night. Yes. I'm like I'm like I'm fifteen, sixty-six, fifty-one. Yeah. Uh, when I saw that, I'm like, it it was two way. It was like two things. The thing that's like, you gotta be kidding me. But then at the same time, I'm like, I am not shocked at all. You know, it's like it's like you, you hate you lost, but it's like, hey, why is this shocking? Indeed. Yeah, no, you're right. And like, yeah. in, in, you know, basketball season, you're like, I'm only keeping up with it because I write down the scores every game just because it's something I do. And honestly, because at this point, I know you got marked, like I said, coming along, but it's like, with the baseball season, and I'm like, two weeks, it was just freaking wait. Yeah, it's, I, you know, yeah. I thought we could, yeah, at, I thought, base. I thought we could at least cover last night. And, uh, yeah. Nah. So. <laughs> so, who's next? Who's Saturday? Arkansas? Arkansas, yes. Yes, Arkansas. So that, that will be yeah, probably an probably well, an another L. L. Probably another L, if I had to guess. Yeah, even though they're injured. At home, though. Even injured, they're still better. Yeah, at home. Yeah, well, I get it to Columbia and I get off that, but it's like, you know, the home it's not really home court advantage, but yeah. it's, I mean, it's Arkansas. I know they're injured, but it's like, an injured Arkansas team is still better. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. For anyway, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to yeah, I'm like, I don't know if you saw my comment, but I'm going to tune in to his announcement at 1 o'clock on, because recently our family got YouTube TV, so I'm going to flip over to that and uh, watch his announcement, then I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Sounds good, John Ever. Look forward to chatting with you later today, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, same dude. Yeah, same dude. Yeah, man. Thanks always a pleasure. Call. Yeah, always a pleasure. We'll talk soon. John Edward, always great to hear from uh, John Edward up in Rock Hill, by the way. Shout out to... The fine folks up there. Uh, all right, we're going to go ahead and close up the phone lines, guys. We've got a lot to get into, a lot to discuss. Every single Wednesday, he joins us. Very excited to chat. Once again, Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Mark, what's going on, my friend? Great to see you today. Happy National Gamecock Day. That's what I hear it is today. It is National Gamecock uh, Day. Is the next Kyle Pitts coming to Columbia? That's what we're hoping, man. It's uh, This morning has been very interesting, obviously, with the purse sources, the insiders, the crystal balls, the percentages, what have you. And it sounds like Oregon. I'm not sure what you've seen this morning, Mark, but it does sound like Oregon is making a late financial push for the services of Nicholas Harbor, uh, which if you look at the percentages over at On3, it's now swayed to I think like 45 to 35%. Uh, in favor of Oregon. So uh, it's going to be very interesting at one o'clock for sure. And, you know, I, I know that you're someone that we've talked about NIL and the role that money plays in college football and recruiting. But uh, unfortunately, it definitely sounds like this is going to be a decision that could very well be impacted by uh, by the almighty dollar. So, And you know what, Chris? If the Gamecocks lose him to Phil Knight and his money, don't beat yourself up. Don't kick your own ass. You know, we all have a price. And four years ago, Chris, uh, I was at a point where I was um, on the air in Houston, Texas, but part-time and a full-time high school media teacher. And I knew I wasn't going to take peanuts anymore to do sports media, right? Which is what you had to build something up, right? You were making peanuts for a long time. I was making, you know, I I feel like, Chris, I could get a job in any market, but I could get a job part-time in any market making peanuts. The the full-time benefits jobs are a unicorn. 
in this business, man, as, as you know. And um, like, I'm so loyal to my boss who gave me a good offer to come to a place, a fantastic place to live, that like, I can tell you that I would only leave if my boss would kick my butt not to take a certain offer that came in, right? Mm. So we all have we all have a price points. And the question is, you know, how much does Nichols Harbor love South Carolina? What are the dollar figures? You know, have you noticed like these these dollar figures are as closely guarded as like your personal health record? It's like, what is there a HIPAA violation if we know the dollar figures that are in line here? So, Chris, as an example, if South Carolina is offering him three hundred thousand and Oregon is offering him six hundred thousand, is that enough to overcome the loss? There are teams, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees, who always have to overpay to get players. What is the difference that will get him there? Because you know, if it's a financial decision, that South Carolina is not going to get him. Oregon's pockets are unlimited. It's sad. It's unfortunate. Something needs to be done about it. But that's where we are today. And frankly, Chris, it makes me sick. Yeah, and you just answered it, Mark. That was going to be my next question because I've had some of my audience, you know, the fact that that's one of the lead topics, one of the lead storylines, you know, we're talking about today. You know, it, it, it's always happened, but it hasn't been so in your face at the forefront where you, you felt like on signing day guys were, or at least maybe you could live in a fairy tale land where you felt like they were choosing schools because of tradition and coaching staff and this or that, whatever. Um, some of my audience's voice that they, they feel – it makes college football less likable for them. Do you fall in that camp where you, you find yourself not? 100%. Guessing? But I yeah. think, Chris, the sport that it's hurting more is college basketball. You know, mm-hmm. not only is the tournament so big that our mindset is, well, if my team can't be one of the best 68, why am I going to watch anyway? Yeah. That's how I feel about Florida basketball this year. It's like, eh, you know, like if you can't be one of the best 68, what chance do you really have? Why am I going to invest my time and money for something that is not relevant, really, right? Yeah. So and and then and then in college basketball, you have the fact that one player makes such a difference. Right. So, you know, you lose one player, you gain one player, you add LeBron James to the worst team in the league and suddenly you're in the NBA finals. I think I think it's hurt college basketball the most. But what is going on with in college football right now, Chris, is disgusting. And unfortunately, as I have been told by Christy Dosh, who is the Forbes sports business reporter, What you have is the NCAA paralyzed with fear of additional lawsuits. So they're essentially saying, you can do this, you can't do that, but we're not going to enforce it. And as you know, I had Greg Sankey tell me personally, we need the NCAA to step up and enforce the tampering that is going on. You mean to tell me there wasn't tampering going on with Jordan Birch? What do you know about that, Chris? I'm serious. What do you know about that? I see yeah, him go I mean, to, I'm see, I see yeah. Jordan Birch transfer from South Carolina and go to Nike. Mm-hmm. You tell me there's not tampering involved yeah. with that? Uh, there, there obviously is, man. I mean, because as far as I understand, right, tampering, it's not legal to have – it's not legal to to offer like a pre – like a package that's already put together, right, to someone on another roster, correct? But that's definitely what's happening. I mean, it's just – there's no question. Like, the, they're – these players are not they're not entering the portal without having the next destination already planned. Like most of them are not, right? Would you not agree? I mean, so so if that's tampering, then absolutely everybody's tampering. Like it's it's 
the tampering's happening all over the place. I mean, it's, well, it's and, unlimited. And, and exactly right, Chris. Uh, Lynn Turner on your message here says coaching <laughs> is disgusting. J-Dub says Jordan Birch is a bust. He kind of was a bust, if we're honest. Um, but you consider the case of a guy like Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, right? His coach came out and said, if our quarterback gets an offer he can't refuse, can we fault him? Dave Clawson should be sanctioned for saying that. Because what he is saying is an acceptance of something that is against the law. You know, like you don't get to accept something that's against the rules of college football. And then what was it like when Sam Hartman declared? It's like Sam Hartman is entering the portal and he's going to Notre Dame. Well, wait a minute. If he just entered the portal, how do you know he's going right, to Notre Dame? Right. And then he did go to Notre Dame. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's BS. I know it's BS. Yeah. His coach is saying... We have to accept if something illegal is going on. BS, man. Yeah. It is really tarnishing the sport. And what it's doing, Chris, is it's making it next to impossible for guys like Billy Napier and uh, Shane Beamer to build anything because you're losing starters, you know? And Jordan Birch doesn't even have to give a reason why he's leaving. Yeah. Oh, you are the man next year in Columbia. What do you mean you're piecing out? You're playing in the best conference. You are the man. What is the reason? Oh, oh, we're never going to hear that, are we? Chris, it is disgusting. But what I will tell you, my friend, is that the future is so bright in Columbia, you need shades, right? It really is. With, with what Shane Beamer's doing recruiting-wise. I went back and looked, Chris, at the last 20 years of Gamecock recruiting, and I'm going to be getting to this on my show as well, offsides on the fan upstate, 3 to 7 p.m., um, what you're really concerned about, right? I mean, this is what I think, Chris. You're not concerned. The blue chip ratio matters. Then again, they're giving more players four-star ratings that now than they ever have before, and they're doing it to drive revenue to their paid subscription services, right? So more players are getting four-star ratings than ever before. You like the national rankings to be high, but Chris, what you really care about, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, is where the Gamecocks stack up in the SEC, Right. Like, I mean, that to me is more important than a national ranking number. That to me is more important than a blue chip ratio with an inflated number of four stars out there. Chris, would you believe that only once in the last 20 years have the Gamecocks finished top five in the SEC? Only once in the last 20 years. Four times in the last 20 years, they have finished top six. Now, Shane Beamer's first class ranked 80th. You throw it out because you can't hold that against him. That class was last in the SEC. Can't hold it against him, right? Uh, his 2022 class was 10th in the SEC. I want you to follow the trend here, okay? Because the trend looks good on you. All right? 14th, 10th in 2022. 2023 class before Nichols Harbor's announcement. 7th in the SEC. How about 2024? Early on, 5th in the SEC. Brother, that's where you need to be. You need to be top five in the SEC. Then you need to be top five in the SEC consistently. And then you want to see if you can move up to top three in the SEC. And when you're top three in the SEC, maybe you hit some guys that other coaches miss on. And that's when you're competing for championships, brother. Yeah, you think about it, Mark. It's funny. It, it, it really makes the national rankings not even matter. Because right? you can be 15th nationally in recruiting, yeah. but like you said, seventh in the SEC. I mean, how depressing just, is that? Right. I mean, it you're just doesn't great. Mean anything. You're yeah. great, but you stink amongst your family, you know? <laughs> 
Right, right, exactly. So it, it is those SEC ratings, like you mentioned. And, and, and again, Mark, I, I really do value your your insight and feedback and analysis for many reasons. But also one of the reasons I do is because, you know, again, you don't have the garnet glasses on. You don't have the garnet shades on. You're able to see things for kind of just what they are from that national perspective. And so, you know, I just tweeted sort of jokingly, but actually dead serious. And in about 30, 40 minutes or so, it's either going to be pure jubilation or we're going to see just pure madness on social media from Gamecock fans. Sky is falling. Woe is me. I'd love to hear your thoughts because from my perspective, I mean, do I want Nicholas Harbor? Absolutely. But to me, it's like the Gamecocks are playing with house money. Even if you don't get him, this 2023 class was a success. And those trends, like you just mentioned, uh, things are trending in the right direction, whether you get the kid or not. Wrong, Chris. You're wrong. Um, you're, you're right about this. Things are trending in the right direction, whether you get the kid or not. But that is a game-changing kid, brother. That is Usain Bolt at the tight end position, and nobody has that kid. So whereas Shane Beamer can continue to trend in the right direction with four stars, if you show, and this is something we've learned politically, Chris, what is the biggest factor in somebody who wasn't a candidate for president becoming candidate for president? And the key factor is convincing people that he can actually win, right? Hey, if you vote for me, it's not a wasted vote. I can get 50% of the vote in America to win. That means you're electable. And if Shane Beamer gets this kid that he's been recruiting since his days at Oklahoma, right? Building that relationship since his days at Oklahoma. If he gets this kid, it shows that the Gamecocks are a viable and an electable program for the rest of college football. And that's not to say you can't get other five stars, Chris, but that hastens the process immediately. Hmm. Now, maybe in the 2024 class, maybe you're getting three or four five-star kids to commit. And it just hastens the process. I go back to Billy Donovan, the basketball coach at Florida, and he said, uh, you know, when, when people say who to thank and who deserves credit for our success, I go to Mike Miller. Remember Mike Miller, the basketball player at Florida? Hmm. He said, first five-star to commit to us. If he doesn't commit to us, maybe none of this happens, right? But he showed that Florida was a viable place for five stars to come to. And then you're getting Teddy Dupay, and then you're getting Donnell Harvey, and then you're getting everyone else. And South Carolina, this is not meant as a knock. Florida's the same right now too, Chris. It's not really seen as a place where a lot of five stars go, right? Yeah, so that's six, why five DJ stars Ragway, all the quarterback time. Can, What's that? Yeah, South, South Carolina's reeled in six five-stars all time. So, right. yeah, to your point, you so, don't get a lot. So, of I mean, look, it, it shows that you're electable if you get this kid because this is a kid that everybody wants. And let there be some dignity left in the world, for crying out loud. Let him choose South Carolina. Chris, I'm rooting for him to choose South Carolina, Nichols Harbor, because I want to see that there's some dignity and that there's some morals and values and ethics left in college football. Can I get an amen, Spurs up audience? Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen indeed, my friend. Amen indeed. Mark, I wanted to get your thoughts on this real quick, by the way, because, again, I know we football is king. We could just spend the entire, like, the next six months or so just counting down, talking ball. And I had uh, J.D. Piquel of On3 Sports on, on my show that will drop on the podcast more and really respect his opinion, his work. But he phrased the 2023 season. And again, I know this is going to kind of echo and repeat what we've talked about a couple weeks ago, but – 
he phrased it beautifully, I thought, in what year three of the Shane Beamer era is. And the way he put it was year three is all about stability and showing that eight wins is the new floor in Columbia. Do, do you agree, disagree? I, I thought he – I hadn't really thought of it that way before for whatever reason, but I, I think that is a, a great goal to – if you can all of a sudden make eight and four the floor versus it's kind of felt like six and six has been that mark. Like you are – like you mentioned, you're elevating the program in a positive direction. Your, your thoughts overall. I'm loving all these comments. Preach, preach, Pastor Mark. Preach, Pastor Mark. Amen, amen. Can I get an amen, Gamecock fans? Chris, it's the very reason why we said on your show that eight and four is still a success next year. Because eight and four um, has only been a blip for the Gamecocks, right? Steve Spurrier had the three years that were above that. Fantastic. Will Moschamp had the blip in year two and wasn't able to sustain it right? So if Shane Beamer can, can hit two years in a row of eight and four, and the Spencer Rattler commitment goes a long way in, in assisting that, right? Then that is absolutely a success. It is okay to have a goal that is above your success mark. You and I agree. I think the goal for the Gamecocks should be nine and three this year, but I do think it would be successful to finish eight and four. I think seven and five would be disappointing. And I think six and six would be a failure with the roster and the recruiting that they're putting together. Those different delineations, Chris, agree or disagree? I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with you the first time. I would still agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're yeah. spot on there. So that, that's, that's where we're at. And, and when yeah. you establish that new floor, Chris, again, you got more Nichols Harbor looking at you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because here is the overarching point, Chris, that I would like to make. And I'd love your thoughts. And this is, I felt like, Chris, and this, it hurts me, man. I feel like there is an inferiority complex among Gamecock fans where they're waiting for something wrong to happen. And Shane Beamer has addressed this. And it's an attitude that sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, when I got here, Chris, 2019, 2020, I'm like, you got to move on from Will Muschamp. And I took calls, Chris, that said, we can't get rid of him. He has the best three-year mark in South Carolina history. How many wins does he have? 23. 23 wins in three years isn't even eight wins a year. What do you mean? You, like yeah, he, the, he's the best coach you ever had through three. That is, that is such a loser mentality, man. Ultimately, uh, you will be a reflection of what you accept, okay? And when you guys will just start believing in your damn selves, okay, the future is so bright for you guys, man. There is no ceiling. I want you to repeat this with me, Gamecock fans. There is no ceiling for Gamecock football. There is no artificial ceiling. There is no glass ceiling that either Hillary Clinton or you guys have to break through. Clemson has proven it is possible. And Clemson plays in the All Cupcakes Conference. But at least one of those years... Clemson would have won the national championship playing in the SEC. So if Clemson can do it, doggone it, you can do it. You've got the fan base. You've got the facilities. You've got the boosters. You've got the finances. You've got the best conference in the land. The only thing limiting your potential are the limitations that you yourself are putting on your program in your head. Stop expecting the worst. Stop accepting mediocrity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when you, you don't, I feel like I'm giving a lecture to my son right now. 
Chris, when you stop accepting mediocrity, man, yeah. the future is so bright. You need the best pair of Ray-Bans you can find. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think you're seeing it, Mark, with the uh, the Nicholas Harbor announcement upcoming. You know, I, I think a lot of the reasons people are pessimistic he's not going to pick the Gamecocks is because, like you mentioned, it's almost like that old adage of keep your expectations super low. That way you can't be disappointed. But it's but it's such a, a mediocre way to operate, right? And, and I think to credit Shane Beamer, that is, again, and I've said it many times, but that's one of his greatest attributes is that he doesn't fall victim to that. I really believe that – you know, and certainly, you know, it makes sense that he would do so. But I think he really does believe in what South Carolina can be versus what it's always been. But uh, there's a lot of beaten, battered, and bruised Gamecock fans that, to your point, Mark, that uh, that do operate in a – and there's a lot of pessimistic people in the world. Just call it for what it is. So, um, unfortunately, that's kind of how they operate, and that spreads into their in their football team and their and their athletics as well. So, you know, I don't, Aaron I don't think Thompson, it's. I by would... the way, wants to know if I'm a psych- psychiatrist, Aaron. No, I'm not, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Okay, <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, I would say this, Mark, because I think it is important. You know, I, I feel like I have a bit of a responsibility to like go into a season and set to set realistic expectations. Like if you're predicting 12 and 0 every year, well, you might go eight and four or nine and three, and it's a massive disappointment because you picked 12 and 0, right? So, I mean, but to your point, yes, I agree with you. Like the whole will, I I remember when the Muschamp era was going down and there were literally people saying, we can't fire him because who would want to come here? And it's like, who, like, do you really think that? And we're talking about people that were alums or that are alums of the school. It's like, do you think that lowly of your university that, like, nobody wants to come to old lowly South Carolina? Chris, do you have any like, migraine medication, man? Right. Do you have any migraine medication? I, I <laughs> right, can't, right. I can't. Right. I mean, it, trust me, I felt the same way. I, I'm glad. I don't feel like we're – I feel like we're somewhat kind of removed. But I just – yeah, I, I think people should take a lot of pride and even more pride than they do in the University of South Carolina and the team they're a fan of and – and have high expectations, I think, absolutely. man. Because it's like you mentioned, pressure creates diamonds, right? I believe that. I think pressure is a great thing, and I apply pressure in my content, my business, and uh, I think it's nothing short of a positive. So, uh, We're getting a comment here that Steve Wilfong said he would um, crystal ball Nichols Harbor to South Carolina. Chris? And- it's yeah, time for the final go. prediction. Where is Nichols? <laughs> where is Nichols going to go? Yeah, dude, we're, I'm not budging coming, off. We're bumping I'm, up right up against. Yeah, it listen, I'm not. I'm not budging off what I said yesterday, man. I'm. I'm going with the Gamecocks, and I'll either be right or wrong with, with South Carolina. But you know what? I think relationships win in the end. And you know, I tell you this. I tell you this. I made a prediction, the day before the Tennessee game, and I doubted Shane Beamer, hardcore doubted him, and I had egg on my face. <laughs> following monday i will not do that again i will not doubt shane beamer i'll have to be proven wrong beamer ball to the moon i think again relationships went out and nicholas harbour will put on that south carolina hat that is my and, and prediction that's the, for that's the key point that you just mentioned chris relationships if there's any dignity or sanctity left in the world relationships that you have forged over multiple years right that you have built over multiple years have to count for something mm-hmm. right is everything about money and luck. You know, Chris, they've done studies on this, and money leads to happiness up to $75,000 a year for an individual. It does not correlate to happiness above $75,000 a year. So if I'm Shane Beamer, I am presenting that study 
to Nichols Harbor and saying, can you make more than enough to be happy at South Carolina? Yeah, you're going to make well into six figures. So if you understand that the NFL is most certainly going to be for you, be there for you, that the Olympics in track and field are most certainly going to going to be there for you. I'm still not convinced that dude doesn't have jet fuel in his in his shoes, man. Have you seen this kid? That video you posted the other day, man. I'm like, mm-hmm. that man's not human. That, that man is proof that aliens live among us, man. I've, I've literally <laughs> never I've literally never seen anything like that. So um, my prediction, Chris, what I told my audience this week is 60% Gamecocks. But I'm going to go on record right now with you and say I believe Beamer's going to get it done. I believe relationships matter. I believe Nichols Harbor is a Gamecock. And Gamecocks, it is time to celebrate on National Gamecock Day the fact that you have now landed a player that everybody wanted. And you have now landed a player that makes you electable and viable for other five-star players in the very, very near future, as in the 2024 class this next year. Love it, Mark. Mark Ryan at the Fan Upstate. Again, definitely tune in to Offsides and Mark Ryan 3-7 to every single day, Monday through Friday in the Fan Upstate. Mark, I'm not even going to, if you want to give your brief thoughts on South Carolina basketball, there's not a whole lot to discuss. Uh, losing on the home floor last night by 15 to a Mississippi State team that entered the game 1-7 and in conference play. Um, on a side note, though, I, I, I want to get you into baseball a little bit, man. Baseball's around the corner. Big year for Florida <laughs> and Kevin O'Sullivan. College baseball's fun, man. I'm just saying. No, and, look, look, Chris, and, Chris, Chris, I'm not laughing at the sport, but, but here's what we're going to need to do, okay? I need you and your audience to sell me on it, okay? Because I have not worked in markets mm-hmm. before coming here four years ago where college baseball was a thing. Mm-hmm. There's only nine college baseball teams in the country that even average 5,000 fans a game, Chris. Okay? So there's only nine. There's not even double-digit college baseball stadiums. And the Gamecocks, and, are, yeah, one the Gamecocks are one of them. Yeah, the Gamecocks are one of them. Clemson is, I think, Is Florida not one or, of them? What's that? Is Florida not one of them as well? Florida might be one of them. But I haven't worked in a lot of markets where, right. you know, that got any more of a reaction than crickets. So <laughs> I, I am a man of the people, Chris. Okay? I want to deliver the content that the people want. But uh, maybe next time we're on, I want your best pitch to me. Yeah. Okay? Um, I am the buyer. You are the seller. <laughs> and I want your best pitch to me yeah. as to why I should get into yeah. college baseball. Well, we'll definitely do that, and I'll put um, so. this in your ear as well, Mark. We do have the Carolina-Clemson series. The neutral site game is at Floor Field this year. That doesn't happen until uh, the first weekend in March, but that could be something fun as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give you my best sales pitch, and we'll go from there. But, uh, Mark, Brother, I, I think yeah. you and I met the first we year did. I was we here. We did. Yeah, at we didn't know game. at that point. Yeah, we didn't know, right, but we at did. Floor, at Floor yeah. Field. Um, I didn't know I was sitting next to the most successful sports media entrepreneur that ever existed. And you didn't know that you were sitting next to the most combustible human being that has ever lived. So uh, we, we didn't know. But here we are. But Chris, let me tell you this. The single best, I was at the Palmetto Rivalry uh, this last year. The single best sporting event that I have been to since I was here was that Clemson, South Carolina baseball game at Floor Field including Clemson, South Carolina in football. The environment at Floor Field, it was like you were transported back into the 1960s and nothing else mattered except the game on the field. What a scene, the rivalry element. Um, That was the greatest scene. It was just, 
like certain scenes, man, are, are so picturesque and so perfect. It gives you goosebumps. Yeah. And that's what that that's what that scene did to me, man. I can't wait to experience again. Maybe I'll see you out there again this year. Yeah, we'll have to do something, man. The best rivalry in all of college baseball. Really looking forward to it. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Again, Mark, we're gonna we're gonna get you out of here. We're gonna cut on the ESPN two, and I'm sure like you're gonna do, we're all gonna tune in and just see what Nicholas Arbor <clears throat> has in store in regards to his announcement. So very excited. Hey, good Appreciate luck, Gamecocks. Yeah. My vote is you guys. I think he picks the Gamecocks. Uh, and uh, man, away you go with yeah. Shane Beamer after this. You guys have earned it. You've been patient. If you're going to take one thing away from this, eliminate the negativity in your life. Eliminate the limitations on expectations. I even saw a comment on this screen, Chris. Eight and four is what we should be year in and year out. That makes me sick. Because, Chris, eight and four year in and year out will get you fired at Florida. Okay? So why shouldn't South Carolina have more expectations? You know, the only thing that Florida has, my alma mater, that South Carolina doesn't is history. And history is all in the past, brother. Okay? You live life through the windshield or the rearview mirror. You're making history every single day. So make the history you want. Start dreaming about national championships. And Nichols Harbor is the first step to getting you there. Good luck, Gamecock fans. Love you guys. I love it, Mark. We'll talk next week, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for the time. All right. Great care, stuff. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. That was – that was give Mark a round of applause. That was poetic. Uh, guys, we will jump into a quick break. I'm going to get the stream set up on my end. Uh, when we're back, we'll all watch together. Uh, you guys will see my reaction. Again, I will have it cut on, and uh, we'll go from there. So you're tuned into the Daily Crow. Uh, let's get after. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, and, of course, we are tuned in to the decision of Nicholas Harbor, right? Let me ask you guys. Let me get a quick check here. Can you guys hear this? Can y'all hear this audio going on in the background? Yes or no? I need a quick answer. Can you hear the voice of Stephen A. Smith right now in the background? Going once, going twice. Okay, perfect. So that's how we're going to do it, Brian. I obviously cannot yeah, – let me mute this. I cannot stream ESPN2's video. Maybe I can try to move up the mic a little bit. Um, I cannot stream their video due to copyright issues. I checked. Even if I put it on the TV in the background, I mean, that's basically it's still on the screen. And I thought, too, you guys don't want to – you guys don't want to uh, – you know, just watch the back of my head while this is going on. So I'm going to have it on on my side. I'm going to cut the audio on. And uh, so you guys will be able to kind of tell exactly where I'm at in regards to watching it. Um, but that's kind of the best we can do. So hopefully that's okay. I would highly suggest whether you're on your phone, you got a tablet, you got your TV, you got your computer, cut on ESPN2, keep us on, and we'll watch this announcement together. Um, again, really excited. I'm uh, I'm starting to get a little nervous. Um you know, I'll say this, either way, I'm excited about the 2023 signing class. Elijah Caldwell made it official today. Obviously, we know the, the situation with Xavion Hardy. He's going to JUCO. Um, but I will say this, 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 this would be big. I mean, there's no other doubt. This, this would be big. Uh, Chase Lloyd, to be careful, seeing other YouTubers get pulled for audio. Really get pulled for audio? 
Really? Audio? Wow. That is shocking to me. Here we go. Well, we're going to try it. If they pull us, then I guess so be it. I mean, I, I, I'd, that'd be something. That would really be something if we get pulled for audio. I hope not either because that, that would really that, – that would be tough. How about this? I'll keep it muted until he makes the announcement because apparently uh, Gad was telling me copyrighted songs, which does make sense. So once they actually get to his announcement – I will unmute it. Um, yeah, once they get to his announcement, I've got it pulled up though on my end. Um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm pumped. I'm, I'm my, my blood's pumping right now, dude. I don't know about y'all. Apparently, Steve Wiltfong though, with twenty four seven, put in his crystal ball for South Carolina. Which apparently, that dude, if he puts in a crystal ball, um, if he puts in a crystal ball, it's it's. It's, it's significant. It is very significant. So, we shall... I wonder if this is going to be one of those things where we got to wait until... <laughs> wait until almost 2 o'clock. Is he going to do it right now? When is this happening? So, let's see. Okay, we, we don't give a damn what these guys have to say. We don't really care. Um, anyways, guys, going to appreciate you. I'm going to get into your questions here. Luke RJ, the channel is ESPN2. Again, I, I, I wish that I could stream the video, but for obvious reasons, copyright, stuff like that, they will get it pulled down. Um, yeah, for sure. I, like I said, I'm, I'm going to keep it muted to where there's no, there's no music or anything. Okay, I, like they're not even talking about us. So, anyways, guys, keep the questions coming. Again, I do want to say, uh, appreciate Mark Ryan and the fan upstate taking the time. Definitely be sure to check out uh, Offsides with Mark Ryan, three to seven, Monday through Friday. Uh, you know, I, I know that from the Carolina Slapdick community, Mark Ryan gets a bad rap, but I think Mark does a really good job. So, <clears throat> I think Mark does a really, really good job. And uh, there's a reason he does it full-time and gets paid to do it. So, <laughs> I would just say that. So, um, yeah. Anyways, guys, we are awaiting patiently the decision of Nicholas Harbert. Well, Hunter Kelly says, how can a commitment be copyright? Well, because, Hunter, it is ESPN2's video. And so, you can't use their video without their permission, right? You have to have their express written consent, right? You ever heard that when you're watching the MLB game or watching something else? That's why they say that, right? You can't use you can't use their video for benefit. You can't use their video um, without their you know express written consent, if you will. So, anyways, guys, we are getting after it here. Really, I feel like I just can't even think about anything else until this Nick Harbor thing comes down. I, I just I feel like I'm like like I need to know. We need to know. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah. So. Anyways, let's see. Should we open the phone lines back up? I guess we could. I mean, God, if we don't get an announcement for 30 minutes. Uh, Matt Sellers says, Gamecock Central's live from there if they don't mind. I, I haven't seen Matt. I haven't had that conversation with them, so I, I don't just want to make the assumption. Um, Yeah, so. 
Okay, looks like Nick Harbour just got to – when was this tweeted? This was – twelve. okay, actually, this was tweeted 12 minutes ago. So, Nick Harbour at his – he's wearing an Under Armour backpack. He's wearing an Under Armour backpack, whatever that means. He was wearing a <laughs> – you look for, like, those little things, right? Like, those subtle – um, th- those subtle giveaways, if you will. So, Jalen Rashada committed to Arizona State, or Jaden Rashada, excuse me. How about that? <clears throat> um, let's see. Say had nothing to do here with Arizona State. What's the lesson? Jesus, come on, guys. Come on, guys. You're killing me. You're killing me. Nobody, thank you. Nobody cares about Jaden Rashada. Who gives a damn? Uh, no, Oregon Landon is Nike. Phil Knight, my guy. Nike. They are big time Nike. All about some Nike. What's the name of his high school again? Like Bishop Catholic or something like that? Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Anyways, guys. Yeah, it's definitely Archbishop Carroll. Okay, I was way off. I was way off. Matt Johnson, appreciate you, my guy, on the AirPods. Love that. Living in Matt Johnson the years today. Love that. Uh, Archbishop Carroll, you said. Okay. Next. So, announcements today. Next. Nicholas Harbour. They got 130. Roderick Pleasant. Next, they say is Nicholas Harbor. So next, so that means before 130 I would assume. Before 130. Um yeah, so here we go. Here we go. Coming up, coming up, not right now, but 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 soon. Did somebody say his Archbishop his high school is Yeah, here we go. Now you think we could get away with streaming this, right? Don't you think we could get away with streaming this? I think we could get away with streaming this. I might try it, actually. This is Archbishop Carroll's video. I, I don't think they would care, right? I hate to, like, lose the feed, but I, I don't see why this would be an issue. I don't, I don't think this would be much of an issue. <sighs> Let's see. We're going to try this. <laughs> God, I hope nothing bad happens. Um, here we go. I think we're okay doing this. I, I I really do. I think we're all right. What y'all think? Says Nicholas Harbor is on the phone with ESPN. Can y'all hear that? They're interviewing him. Oh, oh, should we should we not? Should I not have it up? James, should I not have it up? Maybe I should just be safe. 
Maybe we should just be safe. Y'all y'all are making it sound like my video is gonna get ripped down. We'll just we'll just we'll just go all the way here. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! No doubt. There was never a doubt. Never a doubt. Beamer strikes again. Let's go! Relationships win in the end. Beamer ball to the freaking moon, Nick Harbor. Let's go. Let's go. Beamer got his game changer. Let's go. Put college football on notice, ladies and gentlemen. The Gamecocks are here. Beamer ball is here. Let's go. Never doubt the sources. Per mother freaking sources. Never doubt the sources. Let's go. Never a doubt, Cocky Twan. Never a doubt. Never a doubt, Big Cock Club Discord. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Never a doubt, man. Let's go, man. Huge, man. That is huge. Abso-freaking-lutely huge, dog. Wow. Wow. Thank God, dude. What a Curtis Fry. Shout out to the track squad. Let's go. Well said. Well freaking said, man. Well said. All right. All right, we've heard enough from those folks. Appreciate them. Wow. Great stuff. Phone lines are open. Let's hear from you. Huge, man. Huge. Huge. Never doubt the sources. Come on. Come on. Come on. Where's Billy Thompson at? Where is Billy the Slapdick Thompson? Where did he go? Where did he go? Come on, Billy. Come on, Billy. Don't run and hide, Billy. Where you at? 
Let's jump to the phone lines. Justin. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? Do good, Chris. Hey, Chris, today's the day. We got, we got Nick Hall finally. Unreal, man. Unreal. Unreal, unreal, unreal. Just yeah. crazy, dude. Crazy. Yeah. It is, Chris. Hey, Chris, we, we didn't give up. I didn't give up. We, we keep fighting. And look what happened. We got him. We did, man. It just goes to show relationships win in the end. Uh, Shane Beamer, man. Incredible. In freaking incredible. Incredible. So. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, we don't. Yeah, and Chris, we know old game Matt Michigan was tough to get him there, but we we fought the battle, did we? We did, man. We did. Uh, just wild, dude. Uh, I mean, I, again, I, I, I'm 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 uh, just speaks to like we were talking about yesterday. What Beamer's building, you know, you, you don't land a guy like Nick Harbor and beat out of Oregon and the push they made, the financial push they made. You know, relationships don't win unless. You've got someone like Shane Beamer who's real, who's genuine, who's authentic, who um, can build a relationship like you need to secure a guy like a Nicholas Harbor. So all the credit in the world goes to Shane Beamer, his coaching staff. Curtis Fry, by the way, let's not forget um, the track coach at South Carolina, the role that he obviously played. Just a huge victory for the University of South Carolina. And I, and I tell you, man, I think one of the biggest recruiting wins Carolina's ever had. Certainly Shane Beamer's biggest at this point in his in his early coaming career in Columbia. And all Gamecocks, all Gamecocks should be celebrating, should be jubilant. And, uh, you know, this is a big one. He's just one player for sure, but he's a damn big one, a very, very big deal to land him. And, um, you know, just huge. Kind of goes back to what Mark Ryan was saying earlier, man, about what it means for the future. You know, getting oh, more, yeah. getting more <clears throat> Nicholas Harbors out there and getting more five stars and building the program. So just a, a huge landing, man. Absolutely massive. Oh, yeah. I agree, Chris. And, Chris, and the thing about this is we, we could get some more five stars, you know, like other states, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. It, you can parlay this into more success. You can parlay this into more success. Um, Beamer ball to the freaking moon, man. Yeah, you, Beamer ball to the freaking moon. Oh yeah, and Chris, what what things that we could recruit? Like we could recruit the DC area and uh, the Mellons and uh, the Darwins and um, what about Virginia? What about Virginia? You said? Yeah, because we got some croutons down there too. Oh yeah, no, we're recruiting all over, man. We're recruiting all over. Oh. We're recruiting all over. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah, because we could just be very good, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Justin, I appreciate you, man. We got the phone lines blowing up. We're going to get them on. I, I appreciate you, dog. All right, take care, my bud. Go get Cox. Yes, sir. Go Cox. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure to hear from Justin. Guys, again, phone lines are open. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Hey, let's uh, – no, nah, let's keep it rolling. Why not? We'll, we'll take one break in this hour at like 1.30. But we're going to keep it rolling, guys. 843-790-3377. Please, please flood the phone lines. Absolutely massive. Um, if you could not tell by my reaction, I, I am elated, man. Just huge. What a huge win. What a huge win. Let's jump back to it. Chris. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you asking. What's up? Oh, yeah, man. That was, that was huge, man. Huge. Uh, I think that does good for us for next year's recruiting class, too, for us, 2024. 
Yeah, it's I mean, a, it's a domino. You know, all it, them guys coming in too. Yeah, it's a, it's a domino effect, man. I mean, great players want to play with great players. You know what I mean? So, uh, oh, yeah. you get a guy like a Harbor, and the next crop of five stars or whoever it is, elite prospects. Uh, you know, they they see they see that, and they want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? And somebody asked Jimmy Mendio, asked, "Are you going to smoke the Oregon pack? We will be smoking the Duck Pack, the Phil Knight Pack, very oh, yeah. very soon." Oh yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah, it's, I but think it's, it goes yeah. to show too. But I think it goes to show too that NIL isn't all that. Like good people, like you just said a moment ago, that can have a bigger effect than NIL, which is still a good thing, I guess. Indeed, no, indeed, man. Yeah, it's it's uh it, it's nice to see relationships again outweigh uh, money, and and not to say again, we've obviously put together great packages for him, I'm sure, but uh, you know, I, I think that's what it really came down to. You know what I mean? I think that's what it came down to, and you just you just love to see that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see? I think he doesn't. He, he wants to play tight end, correct? He is going to play mistaken. tight end. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, that's that's huge too, right there. Man, yeah, he's going to play that offense. Tight end room has got yeah. even bigger. Yeah, and I, I would say this too. I mean, I think he just wants to be a playmaker offensively. I mean, I, I think to even like categorize him as just a tight end, I think he's just going to be, I think he's just going to be a weapon on offense. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Keep the Shane train rolling, man. Yep. Shane train is rolling full steam ahead, my friend. <laughs> full steam ahead. All right, man. I know you got another callers, man. Have hey, Chris, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for the show. Yes, sir. Bye. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Great stuff. Guys, 843-790-3377. Gamecock football just tweeted it out as well. Nick Harbor, that man has signed that letter of intent. Huge, man. Huge, 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 huge. I mean, just... Huge. Just a big-time pickup. That's a big-time pickup. To to go up against, to go toe-to-toe, to go toe-to-toe with the Oregon Ducks and Phil Knight and Kevin Plank, too, because Maryland was in it. To beat out Michigan, again, it just speaks to Shane Beamer, man. I mean, you just can't say enough good things. You really can't say enough good things and um, just massive. So... Beamer ball to the moon, ladies and gents. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Call from Brian Lattimore. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Feeling pretty great, man. How about you? I am doing fantastic. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Hey, man, I know you got a lot of callers. I'm going to keep it quick. I'm going to leave you a question. I'm going to drop off. Which five-star on our offense gets to rock number seven next year? Catch you next time, man. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. So, which five-star on our offense gets to rock number seven next year? I think you got to go Nick Harbor, right? I think you got to go Nick Harbor. Um, I, I don't know, though, man. I, who knows? Maybe they got the numbers figured out. Um, maybe they got the numbers already figured out. Heck, I don't know. But uh, the fact he's just going to be wearing garnet and black. You know what I mean? That That's the fact he is going to be wearing garnet and black. That, that is... That is the uh, – that's the biggest takeaway. I'm just unreal, dude. Just unreal. It's uh, – you know, again, like I told you guys, I felt confident about it. I really did. I really did. And those that understood yesterday that I was being sarcastic, was I saying it was 100%? I mean, should, should – well, actually, whoa, 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 whoa. Before I go there, should I just own it? Should I just own it, right? The, the amount – the amount of slap dicks 
right? I'm about to go quote tweet this. I'm about to bring it back. I'm going to say, never. Should, should I just milk it? Be like, I called it. Look at me. I called it. <laughs> just stoke the fire, baby. Stoke the fire. I love it. Never a freaking doubt. That's what I'm going to say. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If he wouldn't have came to Carolina, if he wouldn't have come, Billy, shut your fucking mouth, Billy Thompson, you stupid motherfucker. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Dalton. <clears throat> Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going, man? What a, what a way to start the National Signing Day today. I mean, uh, if uh, people didn't know about Shane Beamer on the recruiting trail, then they probably do now because, I mean, he's, he's, just, he's just hot, and I, and I don't think he's going he's gonna to stop, to be honest. So, you know, huge pickup to get the number one athlete in the, in the country. I would say probably the biggest pickup uh, maybe since Jadavion Clowney. I'm, I'm not – you know, I I can't really think of any any other prospect that that uh, was higher profile other than Jadavion Clowney for us. But one question I have is, you know, do you think that this you know 2023 class is you know the biggest class that we've had since the Spurrier era, or do you think Spurrier probably had better classes than what we're getting right now? Well, if you go just based off of rankings, the 07 class was ranked seventh in the country. I don't know exactly where this one will fall. Um, I heard 11th. I heard 11th is where we'll be. So, technically, based off of, you know, number rankings, you know, you could say Spurrier's, that class was better. Um, I mean, this is right up there, man. It's, 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 really, it's really tough to – to compare those, but no, this is huge, man. It's a huge class. And um, again, getting Nick Carver, I would agree with you. I think it's the biggest commitment since, since Jordan Birch, you know, especially when you think about who you were going up against and the, the drama coming down to the end and uh, feeling like for maybe a moment you weren't going to get him and what have you. So, uh, you know, the fact that he chose the Gamecocks and that Shane Beamer was able to beat out who he was able to beat out. It's uh it's huge. It's definitely a big deal. So this, this is, I mean, to, to be in, to, for this to be his second, his second full class, you know what I mean? Second full class. And to reel in Nick Harbour and get the rest of the guys you did, address all the needs you did, uh, it's a very big deal. It's it's a very, very, very big deal. And the second portal window still isn't open yet. I mean, so so I'm not expecting like any any major, major, you know, commitments. But but I do think we will get some solid players in the transfer portal to sort of fill some holes that we may have. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I'm very confident going into this <laughs> next season. Plus, plus, you have a lot of guys on the 2024 board, like Mazeo um, Bennett and guys like that who are trending towards, uh, you know, the Gamecocks. But you look at what Shane Beamer has done this class, landing – the, you know, the two best offensive tackles in the state, Cam Pringle and Thompson, right? Josiah Thompson, I believe, mm. is his name. Um, 
so I mean, you know, Shane Beamer's going toe to toe with some big boy programs, some uh, programs that have won national titles who are constantly in the national title uh, race or, or picture, if you will. And and I don't think he's going to stop. You just have to be able to translate that to the football field and mm-hmm. getting wins and you know talent. You know, Jimmys and Joes are better than X's X's and O's and. You know, I believe that we'll we'll be winning a lot of football games with Shane Beamer uh, as our head coach. You know, with this this group of uh, players that we got, so I'm excited for the future. But we'll see if uh, if there are any other twists and turns on National Signing Day. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, you know, I don't really expect for there to be any. But uh, I just wanted to call in and give my two cents. But uh, appreciate it and have a have a good day. Dalton, you're the man. I appreciate the call. Great stuff. And I'll say this, uh, great points made by Dalton. Uh, it is about Jimmys and Joes versus X and O's, and certainly Nick Harbour is a uh, is a big Jimmy and or Joe, however you want to phrase it. And I'll just say this, by the way, to Billy Thompson. Billy, it's, it's just a horrid day to be miserable. It feels good to be good. If you are a Gamecock, Billy, which I don't know if you are, but if you are a Gamecock, if you are a Gamecock, if, if you're having – if you're leading with the energy it looks like you're leading with, that's a weirdo move. That's that's a weird move. So I, I don't know if you're a Maryland fan or if you are a a disgruntled Oregon fan, but if you're a Gamecock, you're you're just a weirdo. Um, you're just a weirdo. There's no other way to put it. Uh, it sounds like Shane Beamer will have a press conference at two o'clock. I think he will be going live, is what I've been told. Um, we will see. All right, go ahead. Let's jump in back into the phone line. From Will from Guardian Arnold. Will, what's going on, my guy? How are you? What's going on, man? Dude, just just hanging out, bro. Feeling pretty good. Yeah. Feeling pretty yeah. good. Just just a regular day in Gamecock land, you know, nothing special. It is indeed, like, my uh, friend. <laughs> uh, so what's up with Billy? What sticks up his ass? He just I don't know, all, man. Right? I I don't know. I think some people just I I don't know. I I can't answer that really. I can't answer that. Don't, the don't Carolina, the, the Carolina slapdick community found the uh, the Daily Crow, and maybe they maybe Billy's upset because I called Nick Harbour's commitment and was right. So I don't know, heck, I don't know. But weird day to be miserable, my guy. Weird day to be miserable. Gamecock fans, Gamecock that- Nation. No matter how you feel about me, you should feel elated that the fact that Shane Beamer just reeled in Nicholas Harbour. Absolutely. I mean, and you babe roost it. You know what I mean? You called your shot, and it, and it happened. So. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, huge get. Uh, one of those kind of gets, like you, you feel like you know everybody compares it to Clowney, but it just felt like when we got Clowney, we were in motion to change. Like we were getting, we were getting the big dog guys, mm-hmm. and it really feels like this is one of those checker pieces, one of those chess pieces. It's just a huge move mm-hmm. and an absolute freak, arguably biggest freak we've ever had on our team. Olympic speed, six foot five, two thirty. Can't wait to see him get out there on the field, see what he can do. And uh, it just – everybody was worried this morning, including me, with the Oregon news, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's like when we actually get him, it's just it's really it's really a big thing, man. Mm-hmm. A great day to be a Gamecock. And anybody that's not happy just must, just must like to be miserable. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't understand <laughs> that. Indeed, my friend. No, it, it's, it's a huge pickup, man. And, it's I, again, I think what's so big about it, too, is, you know, I think Nicholas Harbor – uh, we're all excited for the player he's going to be on the field and, and the impact he's going to have. But I think, too, what I'm excited about is 
looking ahead to the future and the door it opens for more big-time players, more Nicholas Harbors, more five-stars to look at South Carolina a little bit differently now, right? We, we talked about the, the perfect balance that Shane Beamer and every coach has to find where early on when you're building a program, you need the Jimmys and Joes. You need the great players, right, to um, – you know, to build your program, to win games, but you need to win some games to attract guys like Nick Harbour, right? You need, you need to win some games. And let's think back right. to beating Tennessee and Clem sucks. I mean, I, I think we'd be naive to think that didn't have somewhat of an impact. I, I really do. I really do. Um, was, he at the ten, was he at the Tennessee game? I don't know was, for was, sure. I, I don't know 110%. I think he might have been. I can't remember. I think he might have been at the Tennessee game, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, but yeah man, I mean – Good players want to play with good players. I mean, just yeah, right. just a huge get. Right. And he's a good he's a good kid too, man. From what I've seen about him, his interviews and stuff, seems to have his head on straight. Pretty intelligent kid. And uh, just glad that he's going to be representing us, man. But uh, I'll hop off here. I know there's like a hundred thousand people trying to call in. But... Hey, I appreciate it, Will. You the man. Later, man. Yeah, man. Later. Great stuff, Will from from Dirty Myrtle. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, again, it, it's the fact that it opens up the door in the future to more five-stars, to more big-time players, right? I mean, guys are like, hey, I want to go play there. What what they got cooking down in Columbia, right? What's Shane Beamer doing, right? He's got Nicholas Harbour coming. Because, you know, again, Nicholas Harbour is going to talk to his buddies, and his buddies are other big-time players and other big-time recruits. And, I mean, it's it's just a snowball effect, man. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure on this season to continue playing well, to keep winning. Because, again, you keep winning. If you keep winning eight, nine games – that's why showing stability in year three and going eight and four or better, um, that's why it's so important, right? Because it shows, okay, South Carolina, you know, what they did at the end of the last season, it wasn't some fluke or it wasn't some some phony thing. Like, they're here to stay. They're here to stay. So, um, really looking forward to it, man. It's And it's and just so excited what Shane Beamer's doing and, and to get Nicholas Harbour. I mean, it's, it's just a huge pickup. Huge pickup. Um, yeah. Like, that was just the guy from the Raging Beamer page. I, I wouldn't doubt it. A uh, lot, of, lot of mentally unstable folks in the Carolina Slapdick community, for sure. Uh, let's see. <laughs> my guy above average, Game Cox, is just – my boy B-Dog is just tearing it up on Twitter, man. I love it. I love it. Yes, folks, I know that Shane Beamer is live at 2 p.m. Eastern. Coach Beamer's National Signing Day press conference. Um. If you'd like to watch, I mean, should we, should we go through? Uh, we could stay live, I guess. I mean, I, I, you know, that that wouldn't be a the worst idea we've ever had. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind doing that. You want to stay live? We'll do it. Why not? We'll just roll right through Shane Beamer's presser. We'll roll right through it. Hear what Coach Beamer's got to say, uh, guys. That being said, hey, let's go ahead and jump into a quick break. I, I want to continue, obviously, to hear from you. Take your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, are back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Of course, the big news, Nicholas Harbor is a Gamecock. Guys, we will stay live through 2 o'clock to hear what Shane Beamer has to say. His signing day press conference is at 2 p.m. Eastern. Let's see. Looks like there's a video from the baseball team. They were getting fired up today. Let's see. 
I love how Nicholas Harbor, like, he didn't drag it out either. He just, he just, uh, you know, just got to the point, right? No dramatics. No dramatics. Got to the point. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. When are people going to learn to stop doubting Shane Beamer, man, and this coaching staff? Like, seriously. Like I have said for weeks, let Beamer cook, doggone it. Give him the chef's hat and let the man cook. And get the heck out of the kitchen and let the man cook. Indeed, let him cook. I mean, let him cook, man. I agree. <laughs> like, like, this is fantastic news. This was fantastic news. This also shows other fantastic players in the state. Hey, I can go to, I can go right down the road and, and be a, be a game changer at South Carolina instead of going somewhere that's already established and not really be a legend. But if I go to South Carolina I got a chance to be a legend and do stuff that ain't never been done at South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think it, you know, just I, I think it all came down to uh, relationships uh, again. And, and, you know, Oregon's got yeah, a good a good yeah. football program, but, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So, I, I you know, I think that uh, the relationship's won in the end. And, uh, yeah, like you said, man, stop doubting Beamer. Sure. Beamer's the man. Stop doubting Beamer. Beamer, Beamer is, is I'm tell, I've, I've said it, I've said it for, for, for months. Just sit back, relax, and just let him do his job, what he gets paid to do, and, 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 and good things are going to happen. And good things are happening, good things are going to happen. We're, we're going to, in, in years to come, we're going to shock the world. I, I guarantee it. Why not this year, Robbie? Why not this year? Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scratch that. Why not this year? Screw it. But why not this year? Let 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 people doubt us. Let them doubt us. All going. I mean, for God's sake, when we were the the day we played Clemson, nobody picked us to win, and look what happened against Tennessee and Clemson. Nobody picked us to win, and we did it. When are people? Gonna stop doubting Beamer. They need to stop doubting Beamer. Just let him. Just, 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 just sit back and relax and just do it, man. Just let him do it. Give the man his money. The man earns his money. That's for damn sure. He earns his money. He deserves his money. Pay the man. And I'll tell you this too. I, I, I'll say this. Hey, listen. I'll say this. I, I will. I will be or come forward or just, you know, be transparent about my, my thoughts on things. I'll say this. I am someone that highly scrutinized and doubted the Dowell Loggins hire at OC. Well, Nicholas Harbor is coming to South Carolina to play offense. So, yeah, give a hell amount of credit to Dowell <laughs> Loggins and, you know, the relationship he built with him and, and obviously, For Nicholas sure. Harbor felt good enough about their plan offensively, 
his plan offensively, what he's going to do with him, how he's going to utilize him offensively to come to South Carolina. Yeah. So, listen, hey, you know what? I, I I had my doubts, and they're still, to be totally transparent, a little part of me that is a little skeptical or nervous. But, I mean, damn, so far so good, man. That's, that's a huge vote of confidence when you think yeah. about Spencer Rattler's back, Juice Wells is back, and now you add Nicholas Harbor, who, again, is going to play offense. I mean, that's – yeah. That's as good as any, um, you know, vote of confidence, or as good as any, uh, you know, you know, just just a just a validation as you could ever ask for. So, and like you said, it's it's definitely a big deal because it shows that he believes in Dowell Loggins as well, not just Beamer. Right. Right. And, and, and like I said, whenever Dowell Loggins was hired, like we really don't know nothing. Right. And, and, but we'll find out come September if this is going to work. And if it works, fantastic. Great. If it doesn't work, then back to the drawing board. Indeed. No, I, I'm excited, man. I, I think things are on the up and up, and um, oh, I mean, yeah. this is just a huge – this is a huge win. It's a huge win for Carolina football, man. Huge win for Shane Beamer. For huge sure. win for Dowell Loggins. Huge win for, for Gamecock fans for as sure. well. And, again, I'll say this. I'll say this, and I should have said this earlier. I should have said this earlier. Uh, if you are still unhappy today, yeah, maybe find some joy. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Find some joy. Oh, man, that's fantastic. I love it. Find some joy. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Go, Cox. To hell with Clemson. And let Beamer cook. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, leave the dumb stuff to me. Very well said, Robbie Davis. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah, appreciate you. You too. And I want to get to this comment because Jimmy Mitchell says, well, well, you finally admitted you're wrong to support a head coach, but not his decisions. You're either all in on Beamer or you're not. He has more intel about his hires than we ever will. Jimmy, that's not what I said. That's actually not what I said at all. Um, all I said was that this is a huge vote of confidence and a huge validation for Dowell Loggins and, and obviously what he's selling and recruiting, what he provided to Carolina football offensively. But, Jimmy, you, you, you think about this, Jimmy. Think about this. Not just Carolina football, but any walk of life. You enter very dangerous territory when you cannot question those in power. They can just do anything. You're either, you're either 100 and you agree with every single decision or you're zero. I, I, that's not how it works. I'm 100% behind Shane Beamer as being our head football coach and that I support him, but that doesn't mean no, – no man, no no, no person on this planet is above any sort of criticism. That, that's No, that's, in, that's, that's inaccurate. That's incorrect. Never did I call Shane Beamer a fool or say he was stupid or, or this or question his, his coaching prowess or question his knowledge for hiring Dowell Loggins. I just said that it was a, a hire that, in my mind, from the information I had got, gathered was questionable. I didn't say it was 110% it wasn't going to work out. I, I didn't say, again, I didn't say that Shane Beamer's clueless. He doesn't know what's going on. I just said, it's a questionable hire. That's all I said, which is still, even to this day, it's still a fairly accurate take. And, 
you know, until we get hard proof on the field, we just don't know. I don't know why some people just can't grasp that. You can support while also have one eyebrow raised. Never should you fall into, in my opinion, a state where you are, you know, authority is beyond questioning. It's, that's not, I don't, I don't see that as being healthy. That's just my two cents, though. But again, I am behind Shane Beamer 110%. Um, you know, and, and I think he should be able to run his program how he wants. But uh, Coleman Hall says, don't say Dowell without King before. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. James Kendall, thank you. That's what separates us from Clem Sucks fans. Yeah. That, that's, that's when you get in cultish behavior. When you just blindly follow a leader, he can, he can do no wrong. No, those in charge do need to be held accountable. It only makes them better. Applying pressure makes you better. Absolutely. I think Shane Beamer would actually tell you the same thing. I think a lot of these coaches and players, they would tell you they like the pressure. Pressure's good. Pressure's good. Anyways, again, it's a huge, huge win for Shane Beamer and for Dowell Loggins. Huge win. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Call from Phil Harris. Phil, what's going on, man? How are you? Pretty good, my brother. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? a great day to be a great Gamecock, just like every day. Uh, but uh, this day is a little bit more special. It feels like a transformative gift uh, with uh, Mr. Harbor, um, just like Clowney did. So, you know, he's, he's one guy on a team, but uh, he's an impact player for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited, man. It, it's very cool to see a five-star sign for Carolina. We're not beyond that. Uh, we, we, we're not uh, desensitized to that type of thing at Carolina. So it's, it's very cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's still well, a big just, deal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. It's a, it's a huge deal. Um, and if you look at, you know, the offer sheet that this guy had and, you know, his final four, not counting Maryland, those are some really, really good um, traditional programs, uh, especially, you know, Oregon on the West Coast and Michigan. I mean, it, there's no greater uh, program historically than Michigan football. So very, very cool. Um, Shane Beamer, you know, we got him. One of the reasons why we wanted him to come is he's an excellent recruiter. He has a proven track record of bringing guys in and just you know building relationships with players uh, that uh, that is paying dividends now as as the head coach of Carolina. So all very exciting stuff, man. Super excited. I wanted to quickly uh, talk about <clears throat> the negative fans that we have within our fan base. These are people that are masochists as opposed to sadists, and they really enjoy um, just just the negative aspect of being a Carolina fan. Like, some people just cannot stand it, you know, that we're a program that's not very good. Historically speaking, very mediocre program. People, you know, want us to be better than we are, talk us up bigger than we are, and that sort of stuff. And that's perfectly fine to a certain extent. But the people that just really revel in how bad we have been historically and and want to focus on the negatives, those people are weirdos within the fan base. And they get a a Steve Spurrier-sized pants tent when uh, bad things happen. So that is very strange. Um, as a realist, I, I can look at that and, and kind of shake my head um, and, and also look at the people that are like, we're going to go 11, uh, we're going to have 11 wins every single year and also kind of shake my head. So it's kind of fun to be a realist when it comes to that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for you, man. Go Cox. Phil, you're the man. I appreciate the call as always. Thank you so much. Great stuff, and I think you make some great points. Uh, somebody else commented. Let's see. Who was it? Who was it here? Uh, Chad Godwin. Difference most can admit when they're wrong. Can you, Chad? I have eaten crow so many times in the show. Like, yeah, if, if you – I mean, Chad, did you not – for did you already forget when I called for Tennessee to beat 
our brains in and we won. And I, I mean, dude, I, I, I'm more, I am more than happy <laughs> to eat crow. Trust me. Hey, I hope that King Dowell becomes the greatest OC who ever lived. And we can all laugh about this five years from now. And I could say, man, how wrong. I mean, here's the thing, man, Chad, you can't run away from having wrong takes. If you make enough takes, you're going to have some wrong. It's, it's inevitable. Nobody's a hundred percent. So yeah, you got to own it when you get them wrong. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were talking to me. I was like, okay, I'll definitely own it. Okay, I got you. I got you. Sorry, I, I thought that one was for me. Either way, yeah, it's you know, you make lots of takes, man. You got to live with the ones you miss. And especially when they're takes that you have that aren't so positive for South Carolina and you miss, you're happy. I mean, you're happy to miss. Like if I would have said yesterday he's going to Oregon and he he'd have committed to Carol. Isn't see, isn't that funny? If I would have said yesterday, if I would have said yesterday he was committing to Oregon and he chose South Carolina, I would have gotten drilled today. You don't believe in Beamer, this, that. Yesterday, I say he's going to South Carolina. And again, it was all sarcastic, by the way, to, to the point of, of, of Billy or any others. And it's, and it's all in good fun because we're all Gamecock, my man. I, I really don't feel like the animosity towards anybody at all. But it was sarcasm, and I'm not, I, I don't really, I'm not asking people to pat me on the back on social media because, again, it was a sarcastic post. I didn't have 110%. My best guess was South Carolina, right? My best guess was South Carolina, but, I mean, I wasn't saying that 110%, but, and I'll go ahead and just tell you all that openly, but, hey, I'll take the credit for it because I can tell you this, I can tell you this, had he not picked Carolina, dude, social media would have been a mess today. Social media for me would can you just imagine if he picked Oregon? It would have been a mess, an absolute mess, dude. So, hey, great news is we don't even have to think about that. That's all a hypothetical. He is a Gamecock. Thank goodness. Yeah, how about all those that said I jinxed us? Whatever that was about. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Guys, again, phone lines are open. We are going to have Shane Beamer's presser here at 2 o'clock, right at 2 o'clock. So, um, yeah. Two o'clock, Shane Beamer will go live his National Signing Day press conference, and he'll be able to speak on the entire class, including Elijah Caldwell, who signed this morning, and, of course, Nicholas Harbour. So, really exciting stuff. Can't wait to hear what he's got to say. I know he's pumped up. I know he's fired up. I know he's excited. I mean, he should be. <laughs> huge victory for his football program. Huge, huge victory for his football program. So, Anyways, guys, want to continue to hear from you, 843-790-3377. That reaction video that, uh, that I'm going to clip is going to be legendary. Is going to be legendary. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. Huge, 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 huge. Shane Beamer is him. Shane Beamer is him indeed. Beamer ball. All right. Uh, sorry, I was just going through some of these comments. Let's see. 
Bruin Nation, they finna drag you. For what? For what? For what? What did I do now? Because of what I just said? What I do now? Bruin Nation, what I do now? What I do now? Did something happen? What did I miss? Coleman Hall, at the end of the day, we all want what's best for the program, but have different ways of going about it. And so many hardos have huge egos. Couple that with blind worship for a football program and leaders, and you have our current commentary. Coleman, I honestly, my friend, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I really do. I, I, I think that's a pretty – and that that defines, Coleman, let's be very clear, right? That, that defines the smallest percentage. That defines a small percentage, but it's a very loud small percentage, right? Bruin Nation said just because you're alive. <laughs> very good point. Very good point, Bruin Nation. Very good point. Alive and thriving, Bruin Nation. I think that's the key word there. That's also the key there. Um, anyways, guys, let me just say, huge victory. I mean, Shane Beamer and company, I mean, you just can't say enough good things. It's Beamer ball to the freaking moon. Unbelievable pickup. Um, and again, just what it signifies for the program as a whole, right? Nicholas Harbor, I'm sure he's going to have a fantastic career in Columbia. I'm sure he's going to be an all-conference guy, all-American playmaker, whatever. But to me, the tidal wave effect for South kind of football is – the, the changing of the perception of this program, the continued change, right? What Shane Beamer is building and going from in year one, you overachieve, you win six games in the regular season, you win a nice bowl game. Okay, South Carolina is a nice story. This past year, you know, you get Spencer Rattler in from the portal. That's a really big deal. You know, you're, you're kind of just figuring yourself out. You're not all that great, let's be honest, for 10 games. Last two, you burst on the scene. And yet again, you're a really nice story. Now you get a Nicholas Harbor, and the narrative continues to shift from South Carolina, oh, they're a really nice story, what a cute story, Beamer ball, to, yo, put college football on notice. South Carolina's coming. Beamer ball to the moon. They, they are making serious moves. They are making serious waves here in their ascent up the SEC ladder, the national college football ladder, becoming more relevant by day in the national college football landscape. That, to me, is what the Nicholas Harbor signing signifies. It's so much bigger than just one player or one class or, or what have you. It, it signifies change in Columbia, positive change with the Gamecocks football program that maybe, just maybe, and we're confident in saying that there are things on the horizon that have never been accomplished here before. That, that, that is what the signing of a guy like Nicholas Harbor says. Doubt Shane Beamer at your own peril. Doubt Shane Beamer at your own peril. Indeed. Hey, James Kendall. Don't overlook if we get some track natties out of this. We got some space in the trophy. Because indeed. Indeed. Oh, they're going to drag me for the video. No, Bruin Nation, it's just going to be a video of me reacting just... With jubilation. I, I I feel like you do truly, Ruin Nation, have to find – you need to find some joy if you can't be excited about that. I mean, that's just literally going crazy, man. Yeah. That was a pure, unfiltered excitement. I, he was – you know, when I cut it on and he was wearing the garnet pullover, I was like, there's no way he's not going to Carolina. Dude. There's no way. There's no way. Rocking the garnet pullover? Right? So, <clears throat> I 
I do love the other people. <laughs> the people tweeting at me that said kudos on the call yesterday. I mean, I guess I had to have the nuts to put it out there that he was coming. Here. But I'll tell you this. I've done that. Listen, I've done that twice. Gigi Jackson, Nicholas Harbor, and they have both come to South Carolina. I, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Anyways, guys, got a couple of minutes till Shane Beamer's presser here. Folks, we're smoking that organ pack tonight. Yep, it's happening. We are smoking the organ pack. Ab-so-freaking-lutely. <laughs> Ab-so-freaking-lutely, folks. We are absolutely smoking on that organ pack. That Phil Knight pack, that Nike pack, right? Maybe I shouldn't say that too loud because I know some of us still want Nike. we smoking on that organ duck pack, that too many uniform combos pack, that Pac-12 pack, Phil Knight pack. Hell, Kevin Plank pack, because he's with Maryland, right? Never a bad night to smoke a Mike Loxley pack. I mean, my goodness, just to hell with Mike Loxley either way. Uh, the Carolina Slapdick community pack. <laughs> the Doubting Sources pack. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, folks, feels good to be good indeed. Feels good to be good. It was good to be good. Anyways, uh, Beamer's presser upcoming, guys. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen because I don't want to miss anything. Let's see. Here we go. Share screen. Okay. Boop. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. It's 159. His, his presser is supposed to start at 2, so let's go ahead and get it out here. Boom. Shane Beamer going to talk about the – upcoming or see, upcoming the signing class if you will the 2023 signing class stay here guys jacob it's right here we got the uh this is it right here we are streaming it right here so All right, 159, guys. I'm going to go ahead and take myself off the screen. We're all tuned in, and uh, we will talk to you guys here shortly.
Is and that's fast when I watch track. Coach talk about just two recruits that signed today. One of the smaller February classes, I guess we probably have. Yeah, but impactful for sure. Thanks for coming out. I uh, hope everybody's doing great. It's, uh, absolutely fantastic day in, in uh, Columbia. Uh, for a lot of reasons, obviously, excited about the two young men that signed today. Uh, Nick Harbour and, and uh, Elijah Caldwell, both two great players and and uh, really excited about uh, those two guys to go along with the group that signed in December, you know, that we uh, we 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 are really excited, obviously, about this group that we just put together. And it was already a pretty special uh, signing class before today and then to be able to uh, add to it today with two great players and two great young men as well. We certainly got better as a football program as well and 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 just continues to generate more and more excitement and more and more <clears throat> excuse me energy about this program. The number of text messages I have on my phone right now from 2024 recruits that are texting me with excitement over the news today uh, tells you everything uh, you need to know. So couldn't be more fired up about uh, those two guys. I know you guys will have questions about both of them, and we'll, we'll talk about them, certainly in regards to, uh, to Nicholas Harbor. I want to thank Coach Fry and, and Coach Brown and our track program. Obviously, that Nick was not choosing a school unless he had a – uh, a track program and a football program at an and an academic institution that could allow him the opportunity to accomplish all of his goals and he certainly feels that way about us and and huge thanks goes to a lot of people but especially you know our track program and and what they're about as well so a lot of great going on in our program right now uh, in so many ways our football team the way they're working this offseason it's as much as I enjoy being on the road recruiting which I have been the whole month of January it's uh I'm glad it's a dead period here now where we can really jump into uh, our current team and our players the way they've been working in the weight room and they're excited and, and they're hungry uh, as well uh, moving forward offseason workouts are off to a great start academics are off to a great start and camp couldn't be more excited about spring practice starting up here in about uh, a month and a half or so. So with that, any questions? Mike back in the house. Man, we're bringing in all the all-stars today. Welcome back. I wonder if you Shane, obviously looking at Nicholas, he plays all over the field in high school. Where do you guys project him onto the field once he gets here? Um, yeah, he's a guy, shoot, when we first started recruiting him, uh, Sterling Lucas was heavily involved with him because we saw him as a defensive end pass rusher. And then as it went more and more down, Jody got involved with him because we saw him as a tight end. And, and I think my conversations with Nick as recently as 
yesterday afternoon, it was more that wide receiver world. You know, not that he wouldn't be doing some tight end type things, but um, you know, he's a an elite athlete, and he doesn't need to be uh, with a, he doesn't need to have his hand in the ground blocking defensive ends fifty percent of the time. I mean, we need him out in space running routes and catching the football. So there'll certainly be some tight end elements that will. Uh, our tight end aspects that he'll you know take advantage of and utilize, but we see him more in space on the perimeter, uh, more in a receiver type role, and he does too. Shane, can you just kind of take me through the emotions <laughs> of what today was like, and when you see Nick put the hat on and announce and sign and do all that, what were the emotions like after what was probably a whirlwind hours? Yeah, that, the last twenty four hours, really the last. 12 have taken hours off years off my life I, I think to be honest with you Colin um um you know first of all there's a lot that we I shouldn't say overcome but there was a lot going on here with his situation and the schools that were recruiting him and and the the opportunities that those other programs uh presented on and off the field the track whatever it may be uh so there was a lot to that we we were in a battle and next door up in the team meeting room we have our core values up there and compete is one of them and we competed our butts off with this one and uh, like ever like everyone that we recruit emotion wise i've i felt good about nick all along i really did uh had an amazing home visit with him last week up in dc that we didn't walk out of there till after 11 o'clock at night uh, when we visited with he and his family Last week felt really, really good. I mean, he hadn't told me he was coming, but I felt great about where we stood all weekend. I talked to him multiple times on FaceTime uh, Monday and yesterday. Went to bed last night feeling good. I got a message from him, an um, audio message or whatnot at 2.57 a.m. today um, that wasn't good. And obviously didn't sleep after that uh, as well, laying in bed, trying to figure out what's going on and whatnot. And then this morning has been just a uh, range of emotions back and forth, trying to answer some questions. And, and I think for Nick, it was real. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he all along felt most comfortable here and wanted to be here. It was just, um, you know, a lot of people that in his network that that they were he was trying to get everybody was trying to get on the same page and there was a lot coming at him too as a as a young man as well so the emotions for me were certainly a whirlwind today back and forth good and bad uh but to see him put that hat on was a i'll be honest with you a pretty emotional moment for me justin king asked me if i needed some privacy before he wanted to film me and i told him for one time i told him no but in true justin fashion he was lurking outside my office and then came in there as soon as he announced uh as well but i think it's just the emotion not just of that colin but of all the i mean i met nick harbour when i was coaching in oklahoma and i went into his high school when he was a freshman in high school and i've known him since then know the family and just knowing what he's about and all the effort that you put into you know recruiting somebody it's a it's it can be a a brutal business from a recruiting standpoint. Great when you get guys gut wrenching when you don't get somebody that you've put a lot of effort into. But uh, there was a lot of emotions. But I also knew that no matter what Nick had chosen today, I knew that we had done absolutely everything. You know, from our standpoint, from a work ethic standpoint, to get him. Shane, congratulations you? to you too hey, on your man. recognition last weekend. Thanks, Shane. You I bet. appreciate it.
could you elaborate a little bit on just what landing a five-star does to the perception of your signing class and to what you are building here? Because, I mean, over the last few days, um, I just had a lot of people, I heard a lot of people talking about Nicholas yeah. Harbor. So, yeah. you know, the fan base is like. Yeah. No, it's uh, extremely impactful, uh, particularly, you know, when it's a, a national guy that announces on national television today, like, like Nick did. It's, it's, uh, it resonates not just here in South Carolina, but across the country. People are talking about this. And like I said a minute ago about the number of 2024 recruits that are reaching out to me right now, uh, seeing just on looking at Twitter, the, the amount of people nationally, you know, people that aren't even, don't even talk about that cover recruiting, just sports writers in the national media talking about South Carolina football right now. Um, it's, it's great positive or great publicity, so much positivity and energy about out there about South Carolina football right now. And then you're right. I mean, I've got a ton of text messages from recruits, but then just a ton of text messages from family, friends, you know, whoever, uh, as well about it. Uh, so it's, it's, I don't think you can put it in the, put it in the words to, it just tap, it caps off what was already a, an elite signing class in my mind with the group of young men that we've already brought into the program that signed in December. Shane, with Dow's, you know, background as a tight ends coach and as a recruiter, you know, how did he kind of get involved in the process of, of recruiting Nick yeah. and what was sort of his role there through this? Yeah, no, Dow was great. Dow's been really impactful with uh, with not just Nick, but all of our offensive players, you know, that were that we've been recruiting. And he's Dow's probably tired of being around me because he's literally been with me every waking everywhere that I went on a recruiting trip, he went with me for the last three weeks. So we were together other than at night when we were sleeping uh we were in a car in a high school together uh and and being able to see him up close and personal from a recruiting standpoint he's been awesome uh in the high schools and with guys and he was heavily involved with nick as well and that's one thing that we talked about on the home visit with nick and his family is with dow's background in the nfl the nfl is all about matchups and and getting the ball to your best players and finding ways to design ways to get the ball to your best players as well and um uh, so I think that was impactful, Dow being able to talk about that. And then the guys that Dow has been around as a offensive coach, guys with, with uh, size and speed as well, whether it be running backs that could run like with the Titans when he had uh, Chris Johnson that he coached there or, or receivers that he's been around with huge size and speed attributes, being able to talk about that and, and things that he did from an offensive standpoint with those guys I think was, uh, was uh, impactful. And he got to know Nick in a short period of time very well. Can't believe Dave didn't ask about the guy from Northwestern High School, so I'll Thank ask about you. Elijah <laughs> Caldwell. And what you guys like about him as a player and what he'll add to the receiver room? Yep, love Elijah. Um, he's going to add a lot to that room. He's another one. You know, there's a, I, I love the early signing period. It's great uh, it, the having one in December. But there's situations like Elijah's situation where you're glad that guys could wait, too, if they needed to. And Elijah, because so many of these young men nowadays, they have great senior years. Uh, and sometimes some of them maybe fall through the cracks because schools don't watch as much senior tape as maybe they used to because they're getting they're signing guys earlier. Elijah's a guy that had an awesome senior season for sure um, and didn't sign in December, was committed to West Virginia and had some coaching transition on that staff, and he decided to wait for that reason. 
he went to the Shrine Bowl and the whole week at the Shrine Bowl, all the guys that are with us now were communicating with us about this, about Elijah and his performance at the Shrine Bowl. And uh, then once, you know, Lenoris decided to become a Gamecock, Lenoris, you know, joined the, the, the vocal crowd about that and, and how talented uh, Elijah is. The high school coaches that coached in that game told us the same thing. And then that was one of the first things I, when Dow first got in here. I mean, I remember sitting in the offensive staff room with him and Coach Step and the offensive staff and watching Elijah's video. He's he's a very uh, strong as a receiver and, and at the point of attack, you know, catching balls and being able to fight through contact and things like that as well. And and uh, great family. He came down here uh, on an official visit and really enjoyed getting to know him and his family. And, and that's what we like. One, to get a player out of out of um, uh, Northwestern up there. And then two, just his skill set. And I think he's just kind of scratching the surface of, of, uh, of how good he can be. Like so many of these kids, uh, Nick's relationship with his mother very close and that uh, uh, moms carry a lot of weight. Your relationship with the parents from talking to them, um, the dad, they seem very high on you. How did you develop that? In fact, he mentioned uh, Boomer several <laughs> times, how the mom loves your dog. And, um, how did yeah, you my kids, that I'm, I'm trying to yet? figure out how to break it to my own children that Boomer's about to move to Maryland to go live with Nick's mom as well. That, that was that was part of the deal. So that'll be a conversation tonight at dinner, I guess, with my family. Um, I don't know. I don't want to like pat myself on the back and say just by being myself, but the word that comes up all the time here with our staff, and I've said it before and here probably is just genuine, and that's what we were. And uh, like I said, I, I started recruiting Nick when I was at Oklahoma, but didn't really get to know um, his family until I came to South Carolina. But they're, they're awesome people as well. Uh, Dad was a great uh, soccer player as well and just a, a unique family with just an awesome background. And, and that's what you love about recruiting. One of the things I love about recruiting is there's a lot of things, but one, when you deal with families like the Harbors, I mean, they, they, they're about the right stuff and they're fun to be around. And we had a awesome official visit other than the way we played that day when he was here but we had an awesome official visit weekend with them and the dad's just fun to be around the mom is fantastic and they're the same people throughout the process and um and yes mom does love boomer when he was here on his official visit they came to my house on um friday afternoon and uh had lunch and spent a couple of hours over there at the house and my mom or my mom his mom and my dog boomer really bonded uh at lunch and that was the first thing like I literally I walked into the home visit last week in DC and the first thing out of his mom first words out of his mom's mouth were where's boomer not hi coach not welcome to DC not so glad you're here where's boomer so that kind of told me how I ranked on her pecking order but it was enough to, for us to get him <laughs> all right what do you think what's your name Jay, nice to meet you, Jay. Um, what do you think most compelled Harper to Harper to come to South Carolina? I think that's a great question. How old are you, Jay? Eleven, fifth grade, sixth grade, sixth grade. Awesome, welcome. Um, it's a good question. Uh, I I think relationships. To be honest with you, uh, just the relationships that he built with um, our our team, our players, our coaches, our staff, you know, not just me, but all of our coaches and 
the players that we have here, the other guys. Um, I mean, just it's a, it's a really good group of incoming freshmen that we're bringing in, and those guys really bonded this summer when they were here on recruiting visits and bonded this fall when Nick was here on his official visit and and they kept in touch you know I'll be honest with you this morning Jay I would talk to uh, uh, Tree who's one of the offensive linemen that we have coming here and I wasn't feeling good about getting Nick at that point but Tree had just talked to him and Tree's like quit worrying we're good you know and he had just talked to him I'm like well I don't get that same feeling uh, as well and then talking to Pup and, and those Desmond and those guys that are already in the program so I think that's probably the biggest thing is just the relationships that he had he had great opportunities at every school that was recruiting him all good programs all good academics uh, but at the end of the day and that's what I told Nick was just you know you've got a Four months from now, you're going to be moving into a dorm somewhere, and all these other people, they're, they're not. It's you and your life, and it's about the people that you want to be around day in, day out. And uh, I think in the end, that's what kind of put us over the top. Hey, Shane. Hey. Um, I know it's case by case, but a lot of people on the outside, especially fans, I think as soon as they hear NIL, they start getting nervous. They start wondering what a school can do to, to be able to combat that. For your, for, from your standpoint, especially with South Carolina, controlling the things that you guys can control, it seems like you guys have invested a lot in terms of bringing in guys that have NFL experience and being able to really harp on that development aspect. Yeah. Could you say that's one thing that you guys have done a lot to be able to do that? And how do you control the things that you can't control as far as the stuff that you can with NIL? Yeah, you know, we, we try and put ourselves from an NIL standpoint as best um, – uh, as best positioned as anybody, you know, it's, it's part of it right now, name, image, and likeness. And, and, you know, I can honestly say I didn't have a single conversation with Nick Harbor about NIL. Now, what I talked to Nick Harbor about was the opportunities that coming to South Carolina could present to you as well. But in the thing that I talked to Nick about, Mike, was he's an elite athlete he's an elite track athlete that coach fry will develop he's an elite football player that we i feel like we can develop and when he leaves south carolina the opportunities from a financial standpoint because of how elite he is are going to be there and um it's about the time that you spend in college one the fun you have and who you want to be around but who can develop you to take that next step uh, the best and and we talked about that a lot about the development uh, that we could we could give him from a coaching staff standpoint and and schematic and and getting a great education and enjoying the people that he's with day in day out as well uh, that was a lot about signing day but you've had a couple other players to your roster since we last had you in here in the transfer portal um, Lewis and Willis kind of how do those come together and how do you feel like they're going to round out your roster one on each side of the ball yeah, um, let's see. Uh, man, it seems like forever ago. Uh, those guys, wow, a lot's happened this month. Um, Eddie Lewis, uh, excited about him as a receiver. He, um, you know, we certainly knew with with Josh Van and Jalen Brooks leaving, and then uh, we, that room was thin. And then we got some older guys with Juice and and uh, DK and Leggett and AB. Receiver was a critical position for us just from a depth standpoint. We knew we needed more than we got four, if you will, proven guys coming back that have played significant snaps for us. We knew we needed to increase the depth in that room for sure. And um, Eddie was a guy that that popped in the portal and liked his tape. You know, Coach Limbo hadn't coached him at Memphis, but had some ties to the people at Memphis. And 
and uh, got good reports back on him. And Eddie came in and took some other visits and then came in, in here and, and decided to be a Gamecock. I think he'll help us, obviously, from a depth standpoint. I think he's got really good special teams ability as well from a punt return standpoint, kick return standpoint. And then who'd you say, uh, Willis, Jeremy Willis, uh, somebody that we recruited out of high school as well uh, that we wanted and um, and didn't get. But, you know, it was it was uh, trying to play catch up a little bit and we weren't able to quite get the deal done, get him get it done to get him here coming out of high school. But somebody that, you know, he chose Ole Miss and and we wished him well. And then he obviously wanted to get back to a little bit closer to home and whatnot as well. And he's another one that just uh, – I don't think you can, you can ever have too many of those body types, linebacker, uh, special teams, all that. So he's the, he's another guy that will come in there. And, and we lose two seniors in Brad and Sherrod at linebacker. It's a young wide receiver – or young linebacker group uh, as well. So just getting another body in there that can compete and, and try and develop. Uh, Shane, you mentioned this being a battle, and I know you've been a part of a lot of recruiting battles in the past. And I'm just kind of curious, how does a battle like this in this day and age with NIL and social media and all the changes compare to maybe some that you had your first time around here, you know, the clownies and guys like that? You know, does it feel different? Uh, and just what is it like navigating that in this new world that we're in? Yeah, it's different. Uh, one, because everything is... is um, so much more known by everyone on the outside, you know, when, when, um, when Jadavian was, Jadavian was coming out, there may have been Twitter. I wasn't on it. I know that. So there wasn't as much information about Clowney when he came out or Alshon or whoever. Now it's so much more information out there. And then I think, you know, recruiting has just exploded so much. And then you add the, the NIL part of it as well. There's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of people that are a part of things now. You know, when I visited Alshon Jeffrey, when I was recruiting Alshon and went in the home visit, it was me and Alshon and his brother and dad. Nick Harbour's home visit last week, there was more, you know, family and then some others, you know, that they are close with as well. So there's just, I think there's just a lot more at it right now. And then certainly with what, um, with what uh, other, any school, in this case, other schools, you know, are able to, um, what's the best word, offer, I guess. There's a lot more that you have to battle with. And, um, and, and uh, we're, we're as well suited as anybody to get in there and, and win those battles, without a doubt. And um, we fought our butts off on this one. And, and, uh, and, again, it just kept coming back to the relationship piece of it as well. Because there are a lot of things nowadays, but at the end of the day, it still gets down to people and the relationships and who you want to be around for the next three, four years of your college career as well. Hey, Coach, I know you touched on it earlier, but how important is it to have guys in this class like Pup Howard and, and Big Tree that can recruit in areas where you can't necessarily? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. I mean, I've, I've been um, – was on a group text with a lot of those guys throughout this the last few days, especially with Nick. Just hey man, have you talked to him? Have you heard from him? He just told me this. What are y'all hearing? Have you talked to him? Can you call him? All that stuff. And and I didn't have to tell him anything. They're already already doing it. But to have a guy, you know, a personality like Pup, who's connected with so uh, so many of them, and I felt Pup was like my 
psychological counselor this morning because I was texting him about everything. And Pup's like, we're good, coach. You know, we're good. We're, all we got is all we need. If he doesn't come, we're fine. We're having a great off season. Let's just keep it going. I'm like, you're right, you're right, uh, as well. But they, they've been awesome. Um, and then and then those other guys from that area as well that he's can connect with, Desmond and Tree and whatnot, and Zabari Sandy, who we signed from up there and, and, and whatnot. So being able to – guys from that area – the DMV area, being able to connect with those other guys is is huge. And then the guys on our team that he had developed relationships with as well. That's why it's always important to just – all those guys that I'm talking about, that signing class, it seems like whenever one of them was here on visits, they all came, even if uh, they hadn't planned on it. They heard somebody was coming, well, you know, if Pup heard that whoever was coming, then he's going to be there and and whatnot. And just being able to start that, you know, connection. And, and we want that, that area – we're always going to start in South Carolina, but that you know DMV area will be heavily, heavily recruited, has been, and will continue to be as well. I mean, as a matter of fact, I think the very first text I got when when Nick made the announcement today was from Anton Harrison, who played offensive tackle at Oklahoma, who was I was recruiting when I first saw Nick Harbor four years ago. I mean, Anton sent me a text immediately, or sent me a direct message on Twitter immediately. Uh, about it, you know, and his excitement as well. So it, it just, it's about relationships. And he kind of started it in a lot of ways, us getting him at Oklahoma. And then we've, we've uh, carried it on here. Last time we spoke, you, you mentioned the edge position being a little bit of a concern for you. Um, do you, you, you still have a portal window to go, but do you, you still, uh, or do you look internally at all? in terms of some other options that maybe you can use in the spring? And, and how does Elijah Davis fit in? He came in around 260, I think. And yeah. do you look at him more on the edge or inside? Yeah, I think Elijah is a guy like uh, Tonka. You know, Tonka was a defensive tackle all season for us that played defensive end in the bowl game and played really well at it. I think those two guys, they have some position flexibility where they could do different things and play in both spots. Uh, our mind and our, our minds right now, you know, Tonka's a defensive tackle and Elijah's a defensive tackle. And let's continue to try and develop that edge position around them as well. There is an, a, another portal window coming up. We'll, you know, we'll see what's available. I'm all about increasing the competition and the depth at, at every position. But certainly that edge position is still, still a concern. But I'm excited about the guys that we have in the program right now that are returning and that it's time for all those guys, whether it's an older guy like a Tyreek Johnson, Jordan Strong, Terrell Dawkins, or a young guy like a Brian Thomas, it's time for all those guys to take another step and, and be the best they've been here in 2023. Shane, I believe uh, you were hired here a week after signing day in 07 uh, when the best class by ranking of USC got in here. What do you remember about those guys as freshmen, Robertson and Melvin and Steven and all those other guys that came in and what that was the best class? Yeah, I was because I was hired in February right after that, I think. So, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, just um, how excited people were about those guys coming in and, um, and you know, dynamic personalities as well. You know Melvin and, and his personality and those guys. And, uh, and just remember thinking – you know, they've went into other areas. They went into North Carolina and they got Melvin and, and, and surrounding states that they were able to go and really get top players out of other states and what that says about South Carolina. And then those guys came right in here and, and, um, and, and, and backed it up. Shane, what kind of conversations did you have with Coach Fry during Nick's recruitment to make sure the two of you were on the same page so you could um, um, 
meet Nick's desire to play football and run track. And who was more excited about the possibility of landing him, you or Curtis? <laughs> uh, I think we both were. I mean, I was excited about landing him for track. Like, I don't know anything about track, but I can turn on the tape and realize, like, this guy's pretty dang special watching him run. But I think it just goes back, Rick, to the relationship that we have with the track program and, and not just track, but all, all the other sports here. You know, I want all sports, all sports here at uh, Carolina to be really, really successful and want to help in any way uh, that I can, whether it be football players running track or football players playing baseball or whatever it may be. Um, and our conversations were good. Coach Fry, along with uh, Coach Brown, you know, from get from the get go, they were very, very involved and very uh, impactful. And then everybody in our in our program communicating with track, whether it be Taylor Edwards or Jessica Jackson or, or Sterling Lucas or Jody Wright or whoever it may be. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people that were involved um, in in uh, in this recruitment. But certainly, uh, Coach Fry was was awesome and to be able to uh, have a, an esteemed coach like him be involved in this process was a huge uh, benefit for us for sure yeah. i'm sure everybody will be in more communication moving forward with juggling all that will come with with him doing the two two sports but yeah i guess looking forward to the olympics next summer what is, do you guys already have sort of like a loose plan for everything and how he'll work back and forth between training for track and doing his, his football stuff? I would say loose would, would be the understatement. Very, I'd say very loose right now. I mean, it came up on the home visit just about what it would look like and, and all that as well. And and some people may th say I'm an idiot. I'm not an idiot, hell. Like, I realize this guy's not some guy that's going to run, go to the pin relays and come in, you know, 18th out of 20 in a race. Like, this guy's special as well. So, I uh, – I want to make sure that we maximize his abilities as a football player, but we also maximize his abilities as a track athlete as well for our program and our country uh, in so many ways also. Uh, so trying to be smart from that standpoint. And, and we'll sit down and, and, and map it out um, as well, but it, it won't be an issue. I mean, we, we had, um, what, one young man ran for coach last Saturday, uh, Emory Floyd did, and, you know, so we, um, um, we, we've had those conversations and we'll figure out a plan, sit down with the family and figure out what's best uh, for everybody here as we go forward. Have you talked to Nick since the announcement? I, haven't. <laughs> I have not. So is there, yeah, what, I mean, what comes next, you know, kind of with this process um, with him? <laughs> I'll call him here at some point. I talked to him right before, uh, what was it, his announcement at one? I talked to him a little bit before, probably about an hour. He had just gotten to the school, so about noon, I think, was when I first, when I last got off the phone with him. I haven't talked to him since then. I know it's a whirlwind for him right now. I'll, uh, now that he's signed, I'll call and probably get on him pretty good about the stress he's brought me over the last 12 hours, uh, but then celebrate. And, so, and I told him, too, I said, it's a great day for you and your family, and it's a great day for you. For you. I mean, you've earned this, and, and I want you to enjoy it and, and, uh, take, and, 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 and love every second of it. So we'll get on the phone here at some point and, and talk, and, and it'll be just like it was when we were recruiting him as well. It'll be the same conversation. They've, they, um, you know, I go back, Emily, to we did a virtual visit, which we've done with a lot of prospects before, where we just get on a Zoom and kind of go through everything with our program. And us, we talk about it as a staff <clears throat> all the time that that virtual visit that we did with Nick's family was probably, I shouldn't say 
bet one of the best, but really was one of the best we ever did, just as far as the engagement from the family back and forth and the way that you can, the way that both our football family and their family hit it off, if you will, as much as you can on a Zoom call. It was just, it was different. And um, has that, that moment has, or that Zoom call last year has only, you know, built, but the relationships only has built and the relationships gotten stronger too. Thank you. There's no sense dancing around this. I mean, as this thing was playing out, there was a lot of stuff around the country about money being thrown left and right and this offer and kind of a bidding war going on for Nick Harbour. And obviously, when one side loses, they think the other side bought him and, and vice versa. So how do you address people out there, fans out there, who uh, want to say, you know, it, with players of this level, that now it's a, it's a bidding war for these guys and the highest bidder uh, ends up winning, even though his his dad said, you know, there was no price on his son and money was not a was right. not an issue here when it came down to the end. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, there's frankly there's recruits out there that it does turn into a bidding war in a lot of ways. I won't dodge that. Uh, that wasn't the situation in this one, and I know the losing side. It's kind of time tested or time universal that that's what everyone says, but that never came up in my conversations with Nick at any point. Now, let's be real. This is an elite athlete that you know could wants to be a doctor one day as well i mean this kid this, this young man's got a lot of opportunities in front of him and there's certainly things that you know we discussed as far as how south carolina can help him reach his potential in every area as well but nothing that you know when 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 i go home and i see my wife and children tonight and i look myself in the mirror i'm 100 percent proud of our character here in this program and how we did things as well and that'll never change Shane, just real quickly, going back to the comment you made about the, the text message at 2.57 in the morning, what were the conversations between then and you said you talked to him at noon or leading up to that point and, you know, kind of give us kind of a look at the best look that you can because I know there's a lot of people on the outside wondering, you know, what's going on, crystal balls and all that kind of stuff and yeah. following along. Yeah, 2.57 a.m. Uh, was not one of the best moments in my life for recruiting saga. I can say that. It's – it's it's uh, it's um. So y'all know better than I do. Like audio messages, they delete or disappear after like two minutes. Okay, so I woke up this morning after I, I finally fell back asleep for like an hour. And then I'm like, did I dream that? Because I couldn't find it anywhere on my phone. And um, I remembered listening to it, and then I didn't go back to sleep. And then I fell back asleep, woke up early, tried to find it, couldn't find it. And I'm like, maybe that, was a, that would have been a nightmare. Uh, but then Taylor Edwards told me, no, they disappear. I'm like, crap that was real um but i'd say after that i think around 6 20 6 30 i got on the phone with sterling lucas and just trying to what are you hearing and then a lot of that it was just from that point it was just a a back and forth um sterling talking to the high school coach sterling reaching out to the parents jody wright uh, myself trying to reach out to the parents reach out to nick uh, everybody involved with the process just trying to figure out exactly you know what's going on. It wasn't that I felt necessarily that he was he was uh, not coming to South Carolina. It wasn't trending in the right direction. I'll say that. Um, it was just uh, it wasn't trending in the right direction. I'll say that. You know, really, it wasn't. Uh, but it, it he finally called me. Nick did. He Facetimed me uh, mid morning, and we talked a little bit. And coming out of that conversation, I really felt like this is where his heart was, and this is where he wanted to be. It was just a matter of of 
telling everyone that and, and, and making the decision and, and going with it. And then it was uh, right up before his announcement when when I talked to him the last time and, and I walked outside here in that little area by the window and he was on the phone with his mom, FaceTime me, and I said, how you doing? He said, I'm good. And I said, well, I'm not good um, at all right now. So, like, you're stressing me out. Like, what's going on? And then we talked a little bit more and – and that's when I had a really good feeling that he was going to become a Gamecock at that point. But there were a lot of phone calls between myself and then other staff members just reaching out to a lot of people in, in the morning as well. And um, um, it, was, it, was, it was, like I said, in the end, relationships and everybody it was hard to get everybody on the phone. And a lot of people were different places. But in the end, it all worked out the way it was supposed to work out. So. We got to bring up the real star, though, don't we, Finker? Yep. Let's hear about everything from a track standpoint as well. Y'all grill him like you do me. You good on that? All right, come on. You can't come over here and not come up here. Uh, shoot, no. Hey. We'll go to write the questions if we got one. Curtis, I know when I was talking to you earlier and you mentioned um, Usain Bolt and Carl Lewis, so would you say that Nick is a generational track talent? Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now it's on the other foot. Yeah, if you say things like that, you got to be able to deliver uh, on a gifted, with a gifted person. Uh, Marion Jones was gifted. Terrence Mill was gifted. Uh, Bolt was gifted. Carl Lewis, I tried to sign him. He was gifted. This is one of the, I would think, uh, one of the ones with the potential of a lifetime. I thought at the boat, uh, it took 30 years between boat and Carl Lewis. It didn't take 30 years to see this guy. Uh, I don't think anybody in this room or even the, the hotness of the internet, I don't, I don't think they get it. Uh, Coach's whole staff went down to watch him sprint, and I think they've seen they've seen uh, the guy from West Virginia that ended up playing in the league named Randy Moss, and they knew him. Randy was fast and tall, and and this is you know, and I think the offensive coordinator made a he actually got off got up on got up almost on the table to design a play or a plan <laughs> where it had to be two people. Uh, I'm not big on the football guy over top and guy on front and post and it's gone. You know, it's it's he's just different. He changes a lot of things if if ifs. As a high school sprinter, who are some other sprinters you saw in high school you would compare him to? There are none. I mean Carl his acceleration is is similar to Carl except Carl didn't run ten two as a as a 17-year-old, you know, uh, when we recruited Carl, I was at NC State, and uh, his senior year, Carl ran 10-2 and, and jumped 26 feet. Um, his acceleration pattern is as good as Carl and Leroy, who were, were both uh, both broke American records and ran nine sevens. Uh, it's I just don't know if his power is as good as I try to tell him. They're trying to get him to run in New York next weekend against the pros. The difference in uh, talent and speed is is maturity. You know, it's just hard. He's a young young person with a gift. 
and those are grown men that's got to feed families. And it's the power it takes to get going. I don't think he's that powerful. You know, he's running against people his own age right now. So he can accelerate with them. But when you throw a 25-year-old, 27-year-old guy who's got twins that got to get paid, they got to get fed, uh, he'll see a whole different story for a little while. You get hurt doing it. Uh, Bolt got hurt early on when he was 18, trying to accelerate with with Justin Gatlin and, and those kind of people. So it's a, a process. Everybody got to follow. He's going to have to follow a process in football. And I just hope people don't don't pressure him too much to, to he can't he can't do things. This program's already in great great shape, as Coach says. They they recruited. He's a, he's a, a great piece. He's going to be a great piece to track because we haven't had in the last 10 years five-star athletes. We developed three stars to get us to where we're 15 in the country. He he is he's truly for me uh, a guy that can make three stars better. I love to have him on an anchor leg. The other three guys run harder. They get hurt a lot trying to train with him though. So I got to be careful. Coach, uh, we know, of course, a lot of you know football players come from track backgrounds, maybe even vice versa. Um, I guess in the case of Nick Harbor, uh, you know, I guess in what ways does some of his maybe football training mechanics help him with track, and then on the other side, how much does you know track and uh, you know track mechanics help him uh, as a as a football player? The toughness of football always works. Terrence Mail was a football player first, because what they do is they do a lot of forties. And that's acceleration practice. And they do it in fatigue. Whenever you just keep running back and forth 40 yards and you throw it up and you don't want to let your teammate down, that's acceleration building. That means that, that when uh, the rest of the guys in track get soft in the middle of the run, he doesn't. That's been developed. So it's a matter of having a few weeks with him and not getting excited and try to make him Olympic the first two weeks he comes out for track and get him hurt and to let him get conditioned for track. Uh, so, I, it's a benefit. Always has been. Uh, when I coached at Florida, it was. When I had Danny Peoples at North Carolina State, it was. But you have to give them time to get there. Um, if they don't get – the 15 pounds makes a big difference. Uh, five pounds per foot pressure is 50 pounds per stride at max speed. No matter how strong you get, if you get big enough after you get about 40 meters, 40 yards, then that 50 pounds start making you squat down. <laughs> uh, this kid is bright though and understands. He set up a workout for us while we were in the room explaining to us what he had been through uh, last year in running 300 yards. And last year in 45 seconds, he ran 385 yards. This year, he ran 398. He almost ran 45 seconds for a guy to six foot six, uh, 235 to run 45 seconds. That means I can run him a lot more 100s without him getting hurt because he won't be tired. Football can run him a lot more routes in practice and he won't be tired. I mean, the quarterback gets tired before he gets tired. Curtis, you mentioned uh, you know sprints and uh, the relay. Are there any other events that he could potentially uh, participate in? And also, uh, while this recruitment was going on, how often did you meet with him, talk with him over social media or, or texting? 
Oh, I talked with him one time, and it was in the summertime when we had a, a Zoom call with the family. Uh, the rest of the time, Coach Brown uh, contacted him and the coaching staff, and Coach would, would text Coach Brown and said, I need you to get this guy today. Uh, and, then, and then when it was time for me to talk to him, Coach had me to come in and talk uh, on the Zoom call. The next time I was uh, leaving my office, headed to New York last week, um, I came across the field at a home football game uh, to meet with Nick the weekend, uh, and that was a, a good visit. He knew who I was. Hey, the guy's on top of things. He knows who I coached, when I coached, how fast our second best guy is, our best guy. No, this guy's a bright guy. And so, and, and when coach talks about relationships, he picked us because of relationships. I, I, have, to, I have to, I ain't blowing smoke. Uh, uh, our football staff and our head football coach uh, knew earlier than we did and, and had a relationship before us. It was, uh, it's unique. I, I, I was in on a lot of recruiting around here in football and the relationships. I've been in a lot of recruiting battles from the time I left Florida or, or North Carolina State or Chapel Hill. Uh, I, call, I can call coach and he'll pick my phone call up. I, there's been a lot of times I've called football coaches and I, I don't get to hear a football guy pick it up. That makes me feel like when I tell a kid something's gonna happen, I don't have to go through position coaches who are under pressure to keep their room full. And sometimes that happens when you get a talented kid. But this here is a relationship where I think his parents felt like they have a commitment and a relationship with a, with a family member. And Coach Beamer was a family member to that group of people. So if anything's going a certain way, they'll call Coach, and they couldn't call these Johnny-come-latelys. But they feel like they can. His sister was very instrumental and feel, felt that way. That's what I got out of the room. The new people that come on to help be his, his directors and all of that, they couldn't cut through the relationship. In the last minute, that's what was trying to get happen, but uh, he built too much, the dog, the kids. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy did a whole lot of stuff that, I mean, I've been with Coach Spurrier, I've been in rooms with Coach Holtz, uh, I've been in uh, the room uh, two times with Coach Spurrier. I never had a dog in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that one right there. That one right there. I got it. I, me and Wilma are going to get a dog. <laughs> that was a cool one. I got grandchildren I had in the room before. But a dog. That's, that's, that's digging. That, that's freaking digging. <laughs> yes, sir. Kurtz, just today, what was today like in communication with Coach Beamer and your staff? And when you see Nick officially sign, what was that moment like for you and, and your program? To go I'm still tingling, man. Uh, cause I, you know, I've had a, a few, a few of them around. Clowney hung out in the room. He was real. He came over. He couldn't run track. He was the anchor leg at six, 260 pounds. He was running down people at the anchor leg and get second in the state. I fake that he's going to run track. He, it was never a chance that he's going to run track. I knew he's going to get up to 280. Um, so that was... This this right here, this guy I get to run, and and then that's that's how I felt when they were excited me. It puts some excitement back into me. I'm 71 years old. 
I, uh, retirement, people ask me that all the time. It'd be hard for me to retire on this guy because this guy is generational. And every once in a while, you run an opportunity to coach generation. <laughs> I want to coach a generational guy. The world knows this guy. Trust me. In Nigeria, they know this guy. They got a 991, 17-year-old. In Botswana, the guy the last summer broke the world 20. Like, Nick knows them. And so Nick wants to beat them and be 980. And that's so the whole world, IAAF, knows that guy. They're interested in where that guy is. USA track and field, they know where that guy is today. It's not just football or South, South Carolina, like as Coach said, sign a world-level guy that plays football. And the whole world knows who he is. If I don't come through, <laughs> the world says that guy's over the hill and can't get it done. If he doesn't come through, and then they're going to say that offense doesn't fit. We, uh, when you sign this kind of freak, the world, the, the judgments go big, and you guys make it even bigger. You know, so I want you to understand. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave job security, darling. No, this guy's great. And he's, he's, he's incredible. And I hope you guys get a chance to enjoy uh, his development. But let's let him, let's, let's let him do some de development. Who? God, that's too many mics. <laughs> In the middle. Uh, you mentioned earlier that people don't really get it, that people don't understand track get it. You've used the word generational a couple times. What does make Nicholas Harbour generational? Can you kind of explain that to people who maybe don't know about track or definitely not as much as you do? 23 miles an hour. <laughs> when everybody else run 22. <laughs> and the further you take 23 miles an hour, the faster the ground you cover. And when little people that are six foot, five foot, five, uh, his stride length is, so he's putting down the same number of strides, 50, 57 strides to run 100, and he puts down 51. So 51 beating 57. I mean, math. It's how his length is longer, his frequency is the same. Curtis, I know you're a humble man and you guys are going back and forth complimenting each other, but I remember a couple of years ago when they opened up the new track facility and we were walking around talking to you about it, just the improvement in track and field and how some programs, they, they kind of tend to forget about it. How important can that be, especially in a case like with Nichols Harbor, being able to have those facilities? Because it could be one of those things that he looks at and he might have decided not to come here because it just wasn't kept up to par. Well, I think the size of our track, the one thing we do have is the world's, um, the world's fastest track. We may not have the world's greatest building. Nick interested in how great our building was. He, he ran fast. Uh, <laughs> He run, he run fast on the parking lot. You know, it's great ones, uh, they just have to be it's the SEC athletes. It doesn't matter where you put them. Uh, we've changed facilities constant in the SEC. Uh, Kentucky, 300 flat. Arkansas, not quite as high, 200 flat. Uh, we go to Clemson to run because ours and Clemson are the two highest tracks in the country, and ours is wider than anybody else in the country, and it's got a double radius. Well, he's going to run really fast at home. His parents go four times to come see him run at home. Yeah, we'll, there'll be some changes because you guys will be in the room some. So in turn, that means ESPN is going to show the building. When ESPN shows the building, 
then we're going to put some lipstick on the building. So it'll change. You know, athletes cause change, and that's what's great. University of South Carolina has improved more than anybody in the country in my 26 years here. Our facilities stand up to everybody's facilities in the country. He can choose, an athlete, a great athlete can choose to be at South Carolina. Coach, um, with Nick, you know, first, do you, I know he has the number one 300 time in the country right now. Do you see using him as like a long sprinter, like four by four type of guy at all? And second, I mean, how do you kind of navigate the training process with, you know, getting someone from football shape into track shape when, you know, he's maybe coming in a little later than some of the other guys who are starting running, you know, at the beginning of the semester? I, I love your question. You'd have to be in the room to listen to Nick last week because most of the time you patronize people who say they want to do something. You know, everybody wants to run fast, but they don't want to work hard to run fast. But this guy indicated that uh, this year he's going to run the anchor leg on a 4 before and run 45 seconds. The sprinters don't say stuff like that. They want to know how quick can I get out of the field. I, I sprinted, but the mile relay was never a goal of mine. Um, that's painful. But when a kid says stuff like, I ran 395 meters in 45 seconds, and if my team needs me, I'm going to run them down and I'm going to run them out of relay. Well, that just tells me the work he puts in to do that. He, there's, that's, that's a different guy. We, we'll have to change that for him. He is somebody that's committed to being the very best that he can be. And he's thought about wide out, too. Uh, he's thought about that stuff. He's not, he, <laughs> hey, he's special. And so, and, and he's smart. He will, he will be a doctor. He's got Nigerian parents. Medicine is a part of what he wants to be. Eventually, one day, he's going to be all of that. So he can be everything that he says, and, he has, and it has been done. There was a Rhodes Scholar that played football at Florida State. And he played in the NFL. He didn't run in the Olympics. I think that's enough, guys. I'm too, I'm too thrilled and excited, man. <laughs> Get me another, man. Is there another one you know well, somewhere? Get us one. Oh, no. I'm muted. Okay, guys, that's going to do it. Appreciate you all tuning in. We're going to go and get out of here. we got a packed day, busy day, as you can all imagine, um, from recording tomorrow's show. Um, we're jumping on radio with Mark Ryan at 4 o'clock to talk about this Nicholas Harbor commitment uh, and everything else we got going on, guys. Content bleeding out the eyeballs. Great day to have it. I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, again, stay tuned to all the content. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.